You're listening to the Moon Griffon Show podcast on KPEL965.com. Listening to a Brian Kilmeade Show special presentation. The Iraq War, 20 years later. Major combat operations in Iraq have ended. In the Battle of Iraq, the United States and our allies have prevailed. Because of you, our nation is more secure. Because of you, the tyrant has fallen and Iraq is free. And that was May 2nd, 2003. But as we all know, the war went on. We had to change tactics, have a surge. Uh, God captured Saddam Hussein. So much was done and completed in order to ultimately get it right. And now we have 2,000 troops there after the rise of ISIS and outgrowth of Al-Qaeda. And uh, the current government wants us to stay. It was supposed to be an operation, as you write, Eli Lake, of $200 billion. It's cost $2 trillion. So people say, well, Iraq was a mistake. But you say not so fast. Why? Well, I think the first thing you have to look at is that there have been uh, six successive national elections. There is a constitution that has been ratified by a vote of the Iraqi people. Um, the fact that there continues to be elections and that they are competitive elections, we don't know the outcome of them. Um, and there's certainly... You could argue flawed elections. There certainly is corruption in Iraq, that's for sure. But that itself is a major accomplishment when you consider that you had um, a nasty and awful terrorist organization, first in al-Qaeda and then in ISIS, that did everything they could, much like the Taliban, to um, prevent anyone from voting and to terrorizing people who had the courage to cast their votes in these elections. Second of all, when you had... Iranian-backed Shia death squads. You had almost a kind of, you know, I would say two terror wars and a kind of a sectarian war in the middle of all that for a country to have not just one, not just two, but successive elections on a national scale. That really is, I think, a near miracle. And it's something that should be celebrated, even if um, the United States failed to adequately responded first to the insurgency and you can find all kinds of other right. flaws. I'm not denying them, but I'm saying that you've got to look at the other side of it. The other thing is, is that the GDP of Iraq is now tenfold what it was, you know, in the last days of Saddam. Now, granted, that was under international sanctions, but it was, those sanctions existed because he deliberately did not comply with the terms of the 1991 ceasefire. So the idea that, you know, the country now has its oil flowing, it now is in a much better place economically. And then, you know, the other part of it, I would say, is that there is now, um, you know, very much of a free press in Iraq. It's, it's very boisterous. It's not a perfect country in a lot of ways. There's still a ton of corruption, and it's something that the Iraqis are going to have to, you know, really come to terms with. But on the other hand, I think there are some things that are important. And it's not just that you got rid of Saddam Hussein, but you replaced that system at right. least with regular elections and a constitution, and that's important. Anyway, like our, our guest here who has uh, covered this war from even up to today, people point out they have not become a vassal state of Iran. Uh, they have I God for the independence. And you point out that even though this current leader is Shia, obviously 
they're mostly Shia in Iran. Uh, they're just looking for their own identity, and they push back about telling our 2,000 troops to go home. People realize we were not in it to get their oil. We were not in it to dominate Iraq. We were in it to give them an opportunity to be a free country. Do you think that's beginning to resonate? I don't think it's resonating really in the West, but I think if you go to the Middle East and you look at where the trouble spots are right now, it's interesting how Iraq is kind of, you know, much more stable than a lot of the other places in the Middle East. And you can't just say that, you know, the, 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 the fall of Saddam Hussein is sort of the cause of all of this instability. I'd say the cause of a lot of the instability is the Iranians and, you know, the, you know, the, the, the remnants of this sort of jihadist Sunni ideology. You can go through the list. But um, I think in that you're seeing closer to the region sort of a better understanding of what the implications of the war still in America. It is, you know, I think you now have a Republican Party where the kind of maybe rising faction of it is very much saying that the Iraq war is a mistake. And the Democrats, you know, they define themselves in the 2000s and the 2010s as the party that opposes now the Iraq war, even though many of their representatives, including Hillary Clinton, voted for it at the time. Absolutely. And plus you had 70 senators vote for it. And by um, Bill Clinton, Al Gore, Larry King, you could see it all. They all thought they had weapons of mass destruction. People yeah. try to rewrite this history or say George Bush lied to avenge his dad not finishing the war. It is just total, uh, if I could steal Joe Biden's uh, line, malarkey. But you say one of these key moments what happened during the Trump administration. Here's the, pres the then president, January 3rd, 2020, cut 10. As president, my highest and most solemn duty is the defense of our nation and its citizens. Last night, at my direction, the United States military successfully executed a flawless precision strike that killed the number one terrorist anywhere in the world, Qasem Soleimani. Soleimani was plotting imminent and sinister attacks on American diplomats and military personnel. How does that play into this storyline? Well, I think it it, it, it it definitely affects the storyline because Qasem Soleimani was the sort of Iranian spy and paramilitary master who was, you know, managing a front on multiple fronts throughout the Middle East, including in Iraq. And who was also killed with him is um, a guy by the name of Mohandas, who was the sort of leader of the Shia militias, which didn't have any kind of uh, accountability within the Iraqi system. So getting rid of those two... I think may have, we'll still see, but it could potentially buy Iraq uh, some time in order to kind of reestablish what might be called the monopoly of violence. Because there is this problem, which is that in 2000, after Obama, you know, withdraws and you see ISIS taking over almost half of Iraq in 2014, 2015, you know, the Iraqis had to find, you know, go to someone and they largely turned to the Iranians, and particularly these Shia militias in order to save their country. And now the question is, what do you do in order to decommission them so you can get back to having a state that, you know, has this monopoly of violence? And I would say that that still is an unfinished project, but taking out Qasem Soleimani, who was a very capable enemy, um, is a major, you know, I think does help the Iraqis down the line in, in trying to figure that out. And also all the predictions that the strike against Soleimani would lead to, you know, chaos and misery. They have not come true. It's now 2023, and all of the people who said this was the worst thing you've ever seen, there hasn't been those, those shoes have not dropped. So in some ways, it also showed that America can take these kinds of steps at times, 
and it's not the end of the world. And sometimes it can be a very good thing. So that's right. uh, that's an area where I'd say Trump deserves some credit. Anyway, your research is tremendous and your perspective is invaluable because you lived it and you covered it. And, you know, Barack Obama is the one who pulled our troops out early. We got ISIS. Barack Obama is the one who took out Gaddafi, had no plan. That created more, I would argue, unrest in the Middle East uh, than we uh, could have imagined because then Trump came in, got rid of the caliphate. And now there's somewhat uh, a, with somewhat peace. Uh, in Iraq today, uh, but we know well, it's I, would just, I, would, I want to say one thing, Brian, because you, I think you, I think you also have to account for this. If you have three decades of a sadistic tyranny that pits the different ethnic groups in his country against one another, as, when you get rid of that regime, you're going to have lots of violence, probably. And it was predicted at the time. People like Christopher Hitchens, who supported the war said there will be violence because of the nature of this terrible regime that sort of pitted these ethnic groups against one another. So and sometimes you have to look at it like that, which is that it's not always America's fault. It's not because, you know, Obama like withdrew the troops or, or Bush went in or this or that. It's, you know, there's a, there's a whole history of in the Middle East that's going to affect these things as well. And I think that's an important point. Absolutely. Uh it's never easy in the Middle East. It's never cut and dry. Maybe if uh, warning ahead of time, this could take a while or knowing that ahead yeah. of time, that would be interesting. Uh, but I don't think uh, Bush lied to lot us into a war. I think that doesn't fly to any clear thinking people, I hope. No. Uh, Eli, thanks so much. Appreciate your perspective. Uh, thank you for having me. Okay, Eli, you got thank it. You. Uh, he's a contributing editor at Commentary Magazine, columnist for the New York Sun, and host of his re-education podcast. This has been a Brian Kilmeade Show special. The Iraq War, 20 years later. Advertisement sponsored by Allied Injury Group, not available in all states. This important message from Allied Injury Group reminds you that if you or someone you love was injured in an accident that wasn't your fault, you deserve financial compensation for your medical expenses, lost wages, pain, and suffering. Don't rely on insurance companies to look out for you. If you haven't spoken to an attorney, call our legal experts now. Work accident, truck accident, collision with an uninsured driver, or a slip and fall. Allied Injury Group has helped clients win hundreds of millions of dollars in damages. They're available 24-7 to take your call and fight for you. Remember, if you or someone you love suffered injuries in an accident that wasn't your fault, like being struck by a drunk driver, a collision with an 18-wheeler, were a victim of workplace negligence or more, get the financial compensation you deserve. Call Allied Injury Group for a free consultation now. Call 800-781-1815. That's 800-781-1815. Again, 800-781-1815. Eleanor's diagnosis is acute myeloid leukemia. This is a St. Jude moment. Immediately when we got here, we you get a nurse that walks around with you like for the first three days you're here to kind of give you the lay of the land and where to go. They know you're already drowning from the news that you're getting and why you're here. So they don't want you to have to figure stuff out by yourself. I know like you're here and you're not supposed to be happy or you're not supposed to smile, but it's hard not to when there's this giant community of strangers all working towards one goal. It doesn't matter where they come from. It doesn't matter what they believe. They are all fighting to end childhood cancer, and I think that's something that should be celebrated. Finding Cures. Saving Children. Learn more at stjude.org. 
I'm Hannah Como, and I'm here with my husband, Brandon. We are so passionate about helping marriages grow and succeed. And as a licensed marriage and family therapist, I know the importance of investing in your relationship. We believe that a good marriage is the foundation of a healthy family. We also understand that marriage is hard and the challenges that we face in today's society are different from those of the past. Our goal is to help you navigate those changes and to gain the skills to build a better marriage together. Listen in weekly to The Modern Marriage to help you create the marriage you have always wanted. Sunday evenings from 5 to 6 p.m. here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Time out. All right. Remember, we're a team that plays together. Listen, the winning will take care of itself. We just have to get everyone involved. In interscholastic sports, we celebrate what makes every one of us unique. And in the pursuit of a common goal, everyone in the huddle, in the bleachers, and in the community comes together. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. We are live outside the home of Joe and Rosie Goddard, where a pretty big tickle fight broke out just minutes ago. Sources say their father instigated the laughter. Let's go inside for a comment. (laughs) Apparently, they have no comment. Dads, let this be a reminder that it only takes a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. It's 6.42 p.m. Time for Steve Plato and his son Dylan to do the dishes. They talk about everything from the yuckiness of girls to the awesomeness of his soccer team. Sometimes they don't talk at all. Then, hey! the dreaded <laughs> splash fight. It's dad o'clock and it's the best time of the day. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. We are Acadiana's home for news and talk. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, Brobridge, Lafayette, a Town Square media station. Just a day off to unofficially kick off summer. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. It's a day to honor the fallen Americans who died serving our country. Congressman Mike Waltz, who is an Army Green Beret, tells Fox. Ask yourself, are you worthy? Uh, And challenge yourself to be worthy of the sacrifice of so many uh, that have have not come home, that can enjoy their families this weekend. There are parades across the country. Next hour, President Biden will lay a wreath at the Arlington National Cemetery's Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. The president is urging Congress to approve raise the debt limit agreement he worked out with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. It takes a a threat of catastrophic default off the table, protects our hard-earned and historic economic recovery. That potential default looms next week. Now comes the hard part, convincing lawmakers from both parties to move this legislation forward and fast. It would raise the debt ceiling until January 2025. It also sets budget caps for the next two years, keeping non-defense spending roughly flat for this year and allowing for a 1% increase the year after. Fox's Mark Meredith, the House Rules Committee will work on the bill tomorrow. A vote may come Wednesday. Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal tells CNN State of the Union. We don't have a deal yet. We're not sure how many Republican votes can be produced. And it is all because Republicans said that they wanted to cut the deficit. Well, the deal does not do that. Some conservative Republicans oppose it. Jayapal says some of her fellow progressives have concerns, too. They pulled an eighth person out of a Davenport, Iowa apartment building that partially collapsed, but no one's believed to be trapped. No deaths are reported. The building houses apartments on the upper floors and businesses on the ground floor. And Sunday evening around 5 o'clock, the back of the six-story building separated and collapsed. The Des Moines Register reports the Davenport officials say they had gotten several complaints from residents about needed repairs. Fox's Tanya J. Powers, one person's dead in Ukraine after two days of 
of Russian drone and missile strikes on Kyiv. All were shot down except one. America's listening to Fox News. At Lowe's, we're always bringing pros more ways to save. Right now, buy a select Metabo HPT cordless nailer and get a 36-volt, 2.5-amp-hour battery free, a $139.99 value. And as a Lowe's MVP, buy select Owens Corning shingles and earn two times the bonus points per dollar. Lowe's knows pros. Valid 511-712. While supplies last, selection varies by location. U.S. only. Bonus points calculated before taxes and fees after applicable discounts of any. Valid through 6-1. Subject to change. Wake up, people. You're optimizing every waking hour of your life, from carpooling kids, to work, to friends, and everything in between. You have to get sleep and a bed that can perform as well as you do. Meet the next generation Sleep Number Smart Bed. It effortlessly adjusts to your shape, position, and movements, learning how you sleep, so you learn to sleep better, night after night. Sleep next level, only from Sleep Number. And now, during our Memorial Day sale, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus free home delivery when you add a base. Ends Monday. Hey, this is Joe Cunningham, and every weekday on my show, The Joe Cunningham Show, you can tune in for all of today's top news, local, state, and national, plus analysis that you're not going to get anywhere else. All of the big topics from a local perspective right here on The Joe Cunningham Show every weekday, 3 to 4 p.m. on News Talk 96.5. Imagine battling cancer and actually beating it. You feel like you've just come out of the woods only to discover you're about to go over another cliff. Hi, I'm Kathy Bates, and as a two-time cancer survivor, I can tell you nothing prepared me for the challenge of lymphedema, a chronic disease often brought on by cancer treatment that compromises the lymphatic system and leads to a lifetime of severe swelling and pain. Lymphedema, LE, affects more Americans each year than AIDS, Parkinson's, MS, muscular dystrophy, and ALS combined Yet with proper treatment, it can be managed or even prevented. That's why I urge everyone facing a cancer diagnosis to be your own best advocate. Discuss LE with your doctor before undergoing surgery. With patients and doctors working together, we can learn and live. Learn more at lymphaticnetwork.org. show that's not immune to facts, the Dan Bongino Show, here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Acadiana Center for the Arts is our cultural and artistic hub serving eight parishes through community development, education, live performance, film, and exhibitions. For information on getting involved in upcoming events, call 233-7060. This nonprofit organization moment brought to you by News Talk 96.5 KPL. The views expressed in the following show are those of the hosts or hosts only. They do not represent News Talk 96.5 KPL or Town Square Media.
listening to the best of the Moon Graffon Show. Runs the show for the Chemical Association. <laughs> and uh, his name is Greg Bowles. He's been on here many times. I'm not going to give him a no big introduction, except it's, all, it's always good to see you, man. I, I hope you're doing well. Doing well, man. It's good to be here. It's uh, good to have you in Baton Rouge. Man. No, it is. It's a great, great place to hang out, get you moving around the state a little <laughs> bit, man. You know, I, I've, actually, next week, I'm going to try to stick my head in the Capitol for a couple of days. Come on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did it last time and uh, hustled a lot of guests, some that liked me and some that didn't. But that worked <laughs> out pretty good. It worked out pretty good. All right, Greg, uh, of course, y'all got bills and things that y'all uh, are constantly fighting. You're not an association. You're an association for a reason. Yeah. You, you got to keep up with what's going on in the political world because – uh, me and you were talking off the air, and we both laughed at each other and said, man, we don't know where all this craziness is going because it gets crazy. It, it does. You just never know what, what's going to happen. You know, the big, the, the big thing has been carbon sequestration and, and, and what do you do with that and, and how do you do it, how do you incentivize it. The federal government's putting a lot of money in incentivizing it. Quick question right yeah. now. You hit it on the head. Because I, I told somebody, so you're going to fight Greg? I said, for what? I'm weak. <laughs> I said, uh, uh, if the federal government wasn't putting up all the money, Let's be, or giving credit to putting them on. Let's be honest. Let's be just brutally honest. Nobody would be in this. I don't think so. Yeah. I, I mean, I, and, and I knew, and Greg, you know the thing about it, I didn't ask you that before the program, but I had a feeling you was going to say, probably wouldn't even be an issue right now, but there's so much money. But on the flip side, that worries me too, because what about in the future? Because, you know, we're spending $4.5 billion, the federal government, above debt spending a day. Yeah. And you saw, well, if you look at the, a deal, in 2030, we had 50 trillion. Yeah. And all this stuff that we're doing now looks good. We're getting money and all that stuff. And I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about everybody. Right. Uh, and what happens up the road? And I, and I think that's when you laughed and said, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I don't. And you don't. You know? I don't and, either. Uh, you know, you talk, about, uh, you talk about a federal government and carbon sequestration, set that aside. Yes, sir. And you look at what we're spending. At some point, this has got to stop. And I understand the pandemic, and I understand all of yes, that. Sir, yes, sir. And I, I don't want to get on my soapbox, but at so some I like point, for you, then you're yeah. not me. <laughs> <laughs> at some point, this has got to stop, you know. And I'll share with you real quickly. I have a good, real good friend of mine who's heavily involved in the Democratic Party, and we were talking, and I, and I told him, I said, you know, I learned a long time ago, you can't give everybody everything for nothing. Somebody's got to pay for that. Yes, sir. And he, he just looked at me and, well, but I Somebody's got to pay for that. And look, I, I, I'm, a, I'm the youngest of 15 kids, single parent, okay? So I understand the struggle. But, you know, you have to have some values in there. If I borrow a dollar from you, Moon, with the intention of paying it back, that's one thing. But if I borrow a dollar from you with the intention of you forgiving that loan, that's a different thing. Yeah. And so I, I think a, I, a different I, mentality. Yeah, I, and I don't want to get all that. But I, no, I just but, think, but, but, I, I think but, but I think what you're doing is you got, you're well balanced yeah. as a person, yeah. okay? Don't look at skin color with me. I look right. at a person. You're well balanced. A man of character, and that's what you're saying about anybody. And what I'm looking at, though, is they're having this big – we're having it here somewhat, too, but you have it in Washington, D.C., to where the budget, if you don't blow it up now, it's going to blow up on us in five, ten years, three years, whatever. You see what I'm saying? So what we're going to do, take our medicine now, take it later, and it looks like they're saying, well, we're not going to worry about it. We'll worry about it. Yeah. But once it blows up at that point, you're not worth anything. I'm not either. Right. And that's what bothers me. Yeah, and I think on a federal level, when, they, when they're fighting this thing, I think what they need to do is you have to understand with extending the debt limit, you're basically extending the, the, the limit so that you can pay for money you've already committed. Correct. The tax cuts you've already committed. The way to handle the budget is you, you got to pass it, increase the debt limit 
But then when the appropriations bill comes down, that's when you that's when you shrink the budget because you have the authority to do that. As one of one of the places, uh, and I'll get back on what I want to talk to you about. But one of the places that I read last night in the Hill, they're talking about cutting across the board, except for uh, uh, military, and it was one of the thing thirteen percent. Well, you know what that means, son. That's thirteen percent cut to the states. Mm-hmm. Now, you follow the budget, you follow everything going on in Baton Rouge. That would be about two point six billion dollars. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Come back to the taxpayers and say we need some more money from y'all? And that's my concern about the big picture. And I think that's when you're talking to your friend. You were talking to him as a friend. You were talking to him as a dude. The big picture is we can't keep doing this. Right. You can't keep spending more. You can't keep spending more money than you take it. Well, in. try that at home and see how you get you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, one of the things that y'all, t- let's talk a little bit about some of the legislation. I know you said you think most of the stuff that y'all were working on has already gotten through a keel, whatever yeah, y'all were for. Yeah, yeah. So is there is there many more bills? Or can you talk about a few of the bills? Well, there are not, not, not many more. I talked about the carbon capture bill that you have that uh, the Speaker of the House has. It's a House bill that's now over in the Senate. That's in pretty good shape. It's been amended. Uh, what it does is it spells out kind of a revenue sharing plan for local government in, with respect to uh, some of the stuff that's done on state proper state lands, state water bottoms. So it shares some of the revenue with the locals, which, which I think is fair. And the states agreed to do that. Uh, so I think that, that's, that's in pretty good shape. Uh, we've got a couple of bills that came out of committee, Senate bills that came out of House committee that deals with some tax credits and things like that. But we're going to try to work through that. They, we don't see them as a major issue right now. But you never know the way this process works. Yeah. They could pick up an amendment overnight and be, be the worst thing you've ever seen. <laughs> well, you can almost write that down. It depends on who's lobbying, what size lobbying. It's a good amendment for you. It's probably a bad amendment for somebody else. Yeah. But, but, you know, I told you this before. My dad, my brothers, I had just retired. Uh, chemical plants are so important to our state, but they're really important to the country. Yeah. And, you know, we got uh, another bill that came out the other day. I, I, I realized uh, Senate Bill 100 by Eddie Lambert. It's a bill that deals with uh, advanced recycling. Uh, it tries to recycle some of the, sets up a mechanism where you can recycle some of the plastics that gets into the waste stream today. And, you know, the thing about plastics, people don't realize, the reason people are so hard on plastic, they say we've got plastic trash everywhere, it's because when you, when, you, when you throw plastic into the water, it floats. You can see it. Everything else sinks to the bottom, so you don't see it. You throw a bottle out there, it goes to the bottom. You don't see the can of bottles, do no, you? It goes to the bottom. So plastic something you can easily see. So we've, we've doing some advanced recycling stuff that, that builds in some mechanisms that allow people to recycle some of that. We think you can recycle probably about 80 to 85% of the plastic that gets into the waste stream today. Here's my big question for you. So all this uh, carbon capture and all this stuff that goes and all the stuff y'all do and how much more expensive does this make it for the, the consumer on the other side? i got to believe there's a cost factor. Now, that's really not on you. That's just the way it is, and we can get to the EPA, and I'm sure that's a whole other ballgame of why we pay so much for things. But does it have a cost factor for the consumer on the backside? It, it has a cost factor in some cases. In a lot of cases, it's marginal because most of what we're recapturing was waste. So you're recapturing and figuring out how to remanufacture and put it back in it. I was talking about plastics, for example. You can go out and capture some of these plastic bags and recycle them and make another plastic bag. So it reduces your, your raw material cost, and the recycling of it uh, helps out to bring the overall cost down. I just, I just wonder if, 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 if in two years of federal government money dried up, and, and I don't know all the process, how do you keep making this thing happen if the federal government's money's not in there to make the cost go down if they're not paying the way? Well, I think what happens is the federal government money subsidies will be in there 
so you can set it up. If you do it properly and get your machinery in place and get everything there and take your credits, then now you just become operating cost. And so it but does, there's, but there's no besides the early money and the carbon stuff. There's no real money in that, is it? Uh, no, but it, but where the money comes in as a business when you can do things that bring your overall cost down reduces your waste. And that's the big thing in manufacturing. That's why when you look at sometimes a manufacturer may employ a uh, thousand people today. Yes, you build sir. that same plant 10 years from now, they can operate it on 400 people. Yeah. The reason is because you become more modernized, you reduce your waste, you reduce your cost. And that's, yeah. that's, that's what it helps them to do. What is, what is your concerns? Uh, I just showed you a story. The Texas Land Commissioner sounded the alarm about proposed rule changes from the EPA, and you got to deal with that too, <laughs> in regard to electricity production capacity in the state. Uh, they called the rule change an out and all out attack on the energy industry, which is you, robust Texas economy, every taxpayer, public education funding in the state of Texas. When I see that with the EPA, the EPA has made life rough on the chemical plants and all and gas industry, haven't they? They have. And the thing about the EPA, what we strive for is we say, look, let's follow the science. You know, Moon, if, if, if you're asking somebody to do something where the technology is just not there, all of a sudden you're trying to put you out of business. If they told you you have to do a radio show and these are the parameters, and you go, well, you can't operate like yeah, that just, today. Yeah, if you put me on a state capital, gave me none of this stuff, and I yeah. got to talk to people, it might not go too yeah. well. <laughs> you, and you may not be able to do it today, but, you know, five years from now, they may invent a way for you to do that. But to ask you to do it today basically is asking you to go out of business. And, and that's what that's this what gentleman's talking about doing. doing. Yeah. But you're having to deal with the same thing. Same thing, you? having to do, deal with the same thing. And, and uh, Are they constantly at the chemical plants? I think they are, yeah. They're, they're, they're focused... The biggest problem is they don't see any transition period. You take oil and gas. They want, to, they want to say we should go away from oil and gas and combustion engine. Just do away with it. California, I believe, is saying that 2030, you're, gonna, 2030, you're not going to be able to sell any, any combustion yeah. engines. Well, if the, the technology is not moving that fast, how are you going to do that? You know, and that's the thing. I also notice on this technology, though, it's, it's really expensive. It's, it on all the, all the things they want to do, from electric vehicles to whatever, here's my fear. We end up coming up with a system that... It, everything's rationed because it's not reality. We're not, you know yourself, oil, gas, natural gas, coal, all that stuff God gave us. He gave us the ocean. He gave us the Gulf. He gave us the land for that. Mm -hmm. And that's it, it, two things. We've always had cheap food, and we've always had cheap energy. Yeah. And when I say cheap, I don't mean on the cheap as in it didn't have a cost to it. Right. But we always been able to have energy where people can afford it and food where people can afford it. That helps you go to work every day, travel around the state, do everything you need to do. That's my fear with some of this stuff that's coming in. Well, I think, I think your fear is, is well-founded because one of the things that really, really got me was a couple of years ago, I think it was maybe a year and a half ago, uh, when the price of gas was going up. I don't know if you remember that. It was going up. They couldn't figure out what was going on. Everybody was saying it was getting too high. And the president of the United States said that he's calling on OPEC to produce more oil so that the U.S. Economy, gas can go down. And I thought to myself, now, wait a minute. We're asking, you know, not too long ago, we were talking about energy independence. Yes, sir. Now we're looking at OPEC and saying, we need you to give us, to sell us more gas. Well, that's, that, you're asking for trouble if you're going to take your, your security and put it in the hands of a foreign country. Well, I always said energy independent is the greatest security for the United States of America. And you just gave it away. You cut pipelines down. I mean, that's another story. Do you remember recess? Our children may not, because our kids are busy learning how to take a standardized test. One size fits all. That's what teachers must teach, the LEAP test. So it's hard to get kids onto the playground to learn citizenship, 
responsibility, and character. These things can be the difference between an auto mechanic and a car thief. Experts know kids do better when you let them be kids, but our experts don't. They make teachers teach a test. Meanwhile, we're 2,500 teachers short because we don't pay them or let them do their jobs. So pay them, let them do their jobs. While we're at it, let's provide farm fresh food to kids at school. Our farms have an abundance. Our kids need the nutrition and our schools already make meals. My name is Hunter Lundy. I paid for this ad because I'm running for governor. I'm a Christian, a conservative, and an independent. Exercise, life skills, teachers who teach, and farm fresh food. Why not? Folks, if you get a chance to be in Shreveport or Baton Rouge, New Orleans, you know, and you haven't checked out Superior Grill, and you like good Mexican food, please go to Superior Grill. Go check them out. You're going to enjoy Everybody that I've sent there have really enjoyed the great taste of Superior Grill. They love the food. It's a big menu. It's a lot of different things you can pull out from the enchiladas to the fajitas to the tacos to the quesadillas to the steak to the hamburgers. They do it all at Superior Grill, and that sauce and that queso is all so good. And all you got to do is find a way to, to Shreveport, New Orleans, or Baton Rouge, and get the great taste of Superior Grill. But, hey, if you're home, and you're in those areas and you want to cater and, and, and people like that, they cater. They can handle big groups. I've been there with many big groups and had a great, great time. They'll accommodate you. They'll accommodate you the best they can. You can pick up food to go as usual. Line Avenue in Shreveport, Government Street and Highland Road in Baton Rouge and St. Charles Avenue in New Orleans. Superior Grill. It's great. And next year, we're going to have one right here in Lafayette. So, hey, check them out. If you're headed that way, make darn sure you go check out the great taste of Superior Grill. For the one. Mr. Rogers said, look for the helpers. You can always find people who are helping. Thank you to all the first responders who put their lives in danger to help us when my brothers and sisters and mom and dad and grandpa and grandma need them. Thank you, first responders. This is what I signed up for as a first responder. I am constantly worried about being exposed to this virus and potentially bringing it back to my home and my family. I'm going to continue going to work day in and day out and I'm providing help to those that need it. We look out for the helpers because they look out for us. Thank you, First Responders! Thank you, First Responders! Thank you, First Responders! Love you! Be safe, look after yourself, and look after one another. Thanks. Let's show up for First Responders and their families. Go to firstrcf.org to find out how you can help today. From the moments that shape our lives to those that shape our days. Broadcasters are there, delivering the most trusted news that keeps you informed when it matters. We are your neighbors, a trusted voice, a lifeline. We are broadcasters. Text TV to 52886 and let Congress know you depend on your local TV and radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. You're listening to the best of the Moon Graffon Show. Welcome back. <laughs> Moon Graffon Show, on the road, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Talk 107.3 FM. Uh, friends at Guarantee Broadcast, and we're humbled to be back in here. And uh, I got an opportunity to talk. You're always welcome to be part of the program, 844-766-6607. Matthew James, Tax and Wealth Management Hotline. We're talking. It's honored to have... Uh, uh, President of the Chemical Association, Greg Bowser. You know, Greg, uh, I know you got to spend a, t- a lot of time at the legislature, just like everybody else. And uh, we were laughing off the air. We were worried when it was when it was better, more money, less money, a lot of money. <laughs> I know when they got a lot of money, things go crazy, and <laughs> and they start doing things that maybe they should or maybe they shouldn't do. It's uh, 
it's kind of a fight, but I don't think any bills that you're pushing, I might be wrong. I know tax credits are important and things of that nature, but y'all not really looking for money when y'all go to legislature, from the legislature, in fact, huh? No, what we're looking for a lot of times is, is, is regulatory, just make sure that, they, that what you do follows some science behind it and uh, that, that they don't ask you to do things that, that make you feel good, cost a lot of money, becomes anti-business, but doesn't make any impact. Do they, can the legislature help you against the, the EPA? Can not they really. do anything, or the feds, when they come in, they're the boss? They're the boss. They're the boss, mostly. When the feds come in, they're Does the boss. most of the stuff they come in make it more expensive? Every time they come in, every, <laughs> <laughs> every time they put something out, it's going to cost you. Are you in a lot of lawsuits with the EPA? Yes. Constantly? Constantly. Are you in lawsuits mostly because they're suing y'all or because y'all suing them? Well, a lot of times because we're suing them, for example. But, def- I, I, but that's the defense. You have yeah, to. Yeah, you have to. I'll give you one example. There's a, there's a, a, a lawsuit now with, uh, with Dinka. They filed, a, they, 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 they put in some regulations and uh, told Denka they had to do certain things. And the company said, well, look, we can't do these based on what we found already. And, and they went, I don't care, you got to do it. And so they sued them. They sued Denka. Well, now they got to defend themselves. And, and you have all these companies that have to enjoin it because you're just the next one in line. And so yeah. they'll sue one, one company. If they get away with it, they'll sue the next one on the same thing. You know, one of the things that bothered me, and uh, I don't know if it's working against y'all now, but you know the, the the trial lawyers and the legacy lawsuits and all against all and gas companies. And I've always said when they run out of taking that money, and I've, I've told you this before, they're going to chemical plants next. Are y'all involved in anything like that where you're getting these lawyers? And and I'm not cutting them because you got to have them, right? But. Are y'all involved in any of that? Because I always said y'all would be next. Yeah, we have some of that going on right now. You I take it, you did. You look at St. James Parish. One of the things they did was a group of people got got together and they sued the St. James Parish Council. They sued the council. They didn't sue a company. Sued the council because they said the council passed rules that was discriminatory and and anti uh, that picked on poor people and African Americans. Well, well, that didn't happen. But they sued them, and guess what? The council has to defend themselves. And I think that this is a lawsuit that they're trying because. Guess who's next? They're going to pick a company and say, this is why you located here because, you know, you have people who couldn't defend themselves. I want you, real quick, I only got two minutes because you did a great job with us explaining how chemical plants popped up and it was the subdivisions that came after because the land was cheap around a chemical plant. Explain that again. You did a really good job explaining that. In most cases, you have the plant that was there first. And it was it was uh, located on large sugar plantations, which were which were basically owned by 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 sugarcane farmers who either had uh, uh, slave labor or had uh, uh, indentured servitude people who were working there to, to, in order to stay there. Yes, sir. And then, if, if you African Americans, there was a time when you couldn't buy land everywhere. You didn't have any money, and once you had money, they wouldn't sell the land to you. So all of a sudden. You, everything changed a little bit, and the sugarcane farmer decided to go out of business or whatever, and they said, well, we'll sell this property to the people who were working the land. And the property was cheap, so people bought it. But the chemical plant was already there. And so in many cases, the neighborhood grew up around the chemical plant. That's what I thought. And now they're saying, well, you know, you need to move. Or just pay us. Or just pay we'll us. move. Or we'll move. Yeah. And so that, that's why I asked you if the lawsuits were coming. I think they're coming. And yeah, I think they're more coming. Of them. And I think the Biden administration is once pushing people to go sue. They're, they are pushing them to go sue. And here's the thing, and I challenge anybody to define the, the, the words environmental justice. That's a big word. You've been, big, big couple of words you've been hearing lately. Oh, I throw it out there every day. Yeah. Tell me what that is. Define an environmental justice community. I'm going to tell you what I think it is. Yeah. I want my money. <laughs> I want 
want money. I want it now. And just give me my money and I'll shut up. That's, I hate to say it. It sounds ugly. But really, it's about money. Yeah, I think some people have some issues, and I think we need to address that, and we're willing to do that. But yeah. for the most part, you're right. It's, it's a payday. Always a Good pleasure, to see you, sir. man. God bless Always. you, man. I appreciate your time and everything else. We'll take a break. Hunter Lundy says, I want to be the next governor. We got him coming in the house in just a few. You're listening to the Moon Graffon Show. Moon Graffon here. My friends at the Louisiana Sportsman Coalition are only group fighting for water access in the state. Louisiana is the only state that restricts access to tidally influenced water. There are 3 million acres of coastal Louisiana alone, and 2.4 million acres are considered by some as privately owned. This is our water. You can look it up. Article 450, Louisiana Civil Code, protects tidally influenced state water. Real privately owned water does not connect to the state water, and even the courts are standing to recognize it. Help stop the madness. Join LASC for all Louisiana's right to fish. Go to LASC.com. Join now. When you think about how you spend your money in retirement, What comes to mind? Probably travel, sunny beaches, and spoiling your grandchildren. But a recent survey found that over 30% of every dollar a retiree spends goes to taxes. Baby boomers were told for years to save money in their IRAs and 401ks and pay taxes later. Well, now that day has arrived, and boomers are shocked to see a third of their money going back to Uncle Sam. John Blanchett and the Matthew James Financial Group can help. What if you could? Protect all or most of your retirement wealth from future tax rate increases. Achieve a zero or near zero effective tax rate for most of your retirement years. Find out more. 337-366-8366. Isn't it time you got a second opinion on your wealth and retirement outlook? Learn how you could potentially kick the IRS out of your IRA. 337-366-8366 and online at Matthew-James.com. Crime is out of control. Louisiana's education system failing our kids and our economy, one of the worst. We need a new direction. We need Jeff Landry as governor, a former police officer, Army National Guardsman, Sheriff's Deputy, and our Louisiana Attorney General. Jeff Landry has a proven record of fighting crime. A small businessman, he successfully filled hundreds of jobs for Louisiana citizens. So Jeff Landry opposes high taxes and government red tape harming our economy. A husband and father, Jeff Landry knows all kids deserve a great education, not liberal politics pushed in the classroom. A leader standing up to Biden, protecting our pro-life values and Second Amendment freedoms, endorsed by the Republican Party of Louisiana. Our next governor... Jeff Landry. Paid for by Landry for Louisiana. Shop Heinz Market. I had an important job. And it wasn't just a job, it was keeping my brothers and sisters safe. And coming back, it felt like kind of thrown away. It's like you're useless. You know, um, we don't really have a need for you now because you can't really do anything for us. That's the way I felt. If it hadn't been for Wounded Warrior Project, I honestly don't know if I would be here. It was the camaraderie that I saw and had. It was like, I got my family back again. We all felt the connection, you know, like that brother and sisterhood. See how Wounded Warrior Project empowers women veterans like Donna by visiting woundedwarriorproject.org slash empowerwomenvets. 
This hour of the Moon Graffon Show is brought to you by Matthew James Tax and Wealth Management. Online at MatthewJames.com. Every pet comes with a unique set of hopes and dreams. Will he chase balls? Will she be friendly? Will he catch frisbees? And lifelong wishes. Will, Will they, they be, be healthy? healthy? Start with early and regular visits to your veterinarian for vaccinations and disease protection. Regular exams help diagnose, treat, and prevent serious health problems. Will he love long walks? Will, Will they, they be, be healthy? healthy? See that your new pet grows up healthy and happy. Call your veterinarian today. A message from your local veterinarians. The YMCA is just a starting line. For the true self blooms only when we find our purpose. What makes us tick below the surface? Why is the before-work hustle an after-school home, a section of my block, a corner to call my own? With my why, I stand strong, seen, and supported all along. It's a million faces in a mirror, and everyone belongs. Find your why. Join today at ymca.org for a better us. You're listening to the best of the Moon Graffon Show. Hello, welcome back. Moon Graffon Show. Great to have you with us. 844-766-6607. Matthew James. Tax Wealth Management Hotline, before we get to our special guests, somebody made a good point by the existence proved that taxes affect businesses. If taxes did not matter to business, incentives would never work. That's true. That affects business. That's how you got to make a living. Speaking of business, go to our friend, Mr. Tommy Foche, who is with the Louisiana, let me say, Mid-Continental Oil and Gas Association. Did I get close? You nailed it. <laughs> I'm used to saying it's a long, long it's a long it is a long title. Tommy, we practiced in the commercial break. Yeah, we, we practiced about twenty minutes. I mean I'm just <laughs> telling you anyway. Tommy, I appreciate you spending a little time with us. Of course yesterday you uh you emceed uh at a uh, at an event that uh I guess uh Girl Louisiana Coalition and uh oil and gas industry put on. You had some of the governors can if some didn't make it, and that's fine. Uh give me your moral assessment of uh, what you thought, and number two, uh, kind of the questions you asked uh, that you felt like people needed to know. Sure. Well, look, it was a great event. I mean, we had, I think we had a little more than 500 people there, you know, employees, supporters of the industry from across the state. And so, look, that in itself made yesterday a huge success. Uh, but they did. We had a chance uh, with, with that large audience to to meet most of the candidates. I wish all of them could have been there, um, but we had most of them there, and it was it was a good conversation. My assessment is this first, and you know I told this to the group and to the to the panel yesterday. One, you know, it's not easy to commit yourself and your family to public service, so we were appreciative the fact that you know you have a strong slate of candidates who are willing to even put themselves up for office, any office, especially governor, but. It was it was it was a great discussion. Look, we talked about energy energy issues, you know, issues that are the most important to our folks. We talked about these coastal lawsuits, which are mm-hmm. are not good for the industry. Yeah. Um, we talked about taxes. Obviously, you know, tax policy is extremely important. Just the cost of doing business is important to all businesses, um, especially those in the energy sector. And we talked a good bit about STEM education, the future workforce that we're going to need to continue to see a lot of our industry members grow and succeed. And so um, it was a great discussion. All the candidates were engaged and had thoughts. And what I love is that the audience, the employees from around the state, responded well to it and spent time with the candidates after. Yeah, everybody's trying to figure out who's who and what's what. And it's just early, but it's really not. People want to know who they uh, potentially may be the next governor of the state of Louisiana. 
And so when you got events like this, I always thought events like this are pretty good that, that you, can, you can hear what people are thinking, uh, what they fine-tuning their message on. And uh, I think you just hit it on the head. Energy is important to us, and I'm going to get some questions on that with you. But it's also very important uh, when you start talking about tax policy. And I was talking about that earlier in the program today that, you know, all these tax incentives we got, we got to do them because we're just not the friendly business state we need to be, Tommy. And I don't think you'd have to have much uh, tax breaks if we had the, had the proper tax business tax model in place. I don't think we would have to give away much money at all. Yeah, look, you know, I'd say first, I think that, you know, what I also hope that the candidates got yesterday, I think you made the point, yeah, it's early. I mean, the elections are still five or six months away from October. So hopefully the candidates are also listening. And what I liked is that they did stick around. And so they got to hear from a lot of the folks who attended, you know, what their, what their concerns are, what they want. I mean, they're all Louisianans. They all have families and they live here. I mean, yes, they're employees of ours, but they're, you know, they're moms and dads and, and they're, they're trying to, you know, figure out what's best for their family. So I like that. You know, when it comes to the cost of doing business, you're right. Look, we don't like it. Nobody does. We know that Louisiana is at the bottom of a lot of lists, and we have to do whatever we can to keep ourselves competitive. And, you know, the system that we have makes it necessary for uh, state and and local incentives to try to help make up for for some of the disadvantages we have as a state. Um, You know, I didn't hear anybody yesterday really push back on that. I mean, yet they all have different thoughts about how to get there. Mm But what I appreciate is that there is a clear message from all the candidates there and, and those who are not that, look, we, we, we've got to head in a different direction. We've got to start improving. And I know we say it every four years, but this is the next best chance, this election, to start moving in another direction. Yeah, Tommy Fauci, our special guest, president of uh, Louisiana Mid-Continental Oil and Gas Association, had a little forum yesterday. He said he was well attended. Uh, I'm glad he stuck around, too. That's, that's how you get to know candidates a little bit better. One of, one of my concerns, Tommy, and I'm going to throw it at you because you're in the oil and gas industry, sure. is our, uh, our hugging up against the climate agenda. And I know, and you can't probably say it either, because a lot of these people are now going to take this money from the federal government, putting uh, carbon capture in the ground. I, I think all this is absolutely ludicrous. But the money's out there. And when you start taking the money, then you start doing what the federal government tells you to do. And there's so much of it, billions and billions and probably trillions before it's over. Are you concerned at all about us getting too tied down in something that I think will fail? And yet, on the flip side, we know fossil fuels, all gas, natural gas, which we're loaded with natural gas in the state of Louisiana, is going to get left behind for the wrong reason. A lot of people are taking the money. I get it. I understand their business. But I don't understand why we're going to get tied into taking all this money and calling this economic development. I, I, it bothers me. It worries me. It may not you, but it worries me. Just your thoughts on that, because I saw a couple of comments, but I'm reading it in the newspaper, and I'm always <laughs> not sure they got it right on a couple right. of candidates. So uh, just your thoughts on that, because you're in the business. Sure. No, look, I, I think it's a great question. Th- this, is, this is what I think. You know, people in the industry and and those who have supported the industry for so long need to need to appreciate. Um, and I've been talking a lot about this as I've been going to different chamber functions and in business groups around the state. Hey, can I come with you? Because I like to talk to. 
<laughs> hey, look. I might not be we'll see if I can do a plus language, one though. here at some I, point. Hey, I don't know if I'm talking the same language, but I love to give the no. real side of this statement. I don't mean that you yeah. don't, because you probably do. No, but look. So, I, look. I think I think a couple of things here. One, I, I do not want anybody to think that the investments in 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 technologies like carbon capture and and carbon capture is honestly it's the it's the it's the technology we're talking a lot about now. But when you talk to a lot of energy companies, they're they're investing in all kinds of of different technologies to reduce carbon emissions. A lot of it will will mean that they'll stay committed to to traditional fuels, but they're just going to produce it with with a lower carbon impact. But what what is clear, we're not walking away from fossil fuels, and Louisiana Louisiana industry is not walking away from fossil fuels. Every study shows, whether people would admit it or not, that the need for oil and gas only goes up for the okay. next 25 I'm glad you're saying that because I agree a thousand percent yeah. with that. And, and we are not walking away from that. We, we couldn't do it as a nation. We couldn't do it as a world. We are, we're very much, look, there are investments in the Gulf of Mexico happening right now. And a lot of the, the energy and time we're spending with policymakers, both the state and federal level, is to make sure that that Gulf of Mexico industry stays strong, that that Haynesville industry in the northern part of the state, which is producing gas and shipping it down to be exported around the world, that all of that is solid. So we're not, we're not walking away from all the gas. But let me stop you. Let me stop you. Because I think what you said is, is great. I'm glad to hear. But mm-hmm. when you take the amount of money that's going to come down, and once they get their grip on the one thing the government never got hold of yet totally is our energy sector. And I'm afraid this, and I think this stuff is crazy. I'm just being blunt with you. Totally off the wall. Uh, but I, I'm afraid once they get that money and they start making that money, they're going to do what the federal government tells them what to do. That's what we do in everything. I mean, that's how they hook us in education and roads and everything else. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I, I really, I don't. I think, I think the commitment to fossil fuels is real. But what, but what I do think the second part is, and this is important to recognize, and this is why I think it's, it's particularly for Louisiana, it's a special opportunity. I do think, I mean, yes, you're seeing federal incentives for lower carbon production and carbon capture. That's right. I mean, it's a fact. But what I, what I also think is the industry, look, the industry has changed and evolved since its, its creation. And Louisiana has been able to be a part of that. Not necessarily always a leader, but at least a part of it, because we, we do. We, got, we have some of the best people that work in the industry and the technology and the infrastructure. What I think you're seeing right now, and carbon capture is a good example, um, whether you support it or not, it is the industry capturing there really is a true business demand for lower carbon products and so i think louisiana everything that has made us made us successful in traditional oil and gas for decades is going to allow us to take take an opportunity here to be a leader because it's going to happen the the move to reducing carbon emissions is real and it's going to happen and louisiana has a chance on the business side to capitalize. And I think when we, you know, it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning with the candidates. We got to find places to separate ourselves and to build on our inherent strengths. Our strengths are energy production. Our strengths are oil and gas. This is an opportunity for us to help the industry. Um, it's an opportunity for us to lead in Louisiana. And it's not in place of. There's a lot of people who keep talking about this energy transition. The transition to me is a little bit misleading because it would make you think you're, you're leaving one thing to oh, go hey, to Hey, hold your thought right there. I'm going to bring you back. Go ahead. Right. Yep. 
Tommy Foche, my special guest, president of Louisiana Mid-Continental Oil and Gas. Be right back. Line One is a business telecom provider. Line One specializes in cloud-based communication with superior customer service. If you're frustrated with phone bills you can't understand, endless hold time to customer support, and phone system that is not meeting your needs, then you need to go to Line.One and schedule a free consultation to advance your business phone system. Line One, technology with a human touch. Go to Line.One and tell them Moon sent you. Again, that is Line.One. Louisiana is unique. The food, the festivals, even the bugs. It's termite season. Did you know termites are responsible for over $1 billion worth of damage in Louisiana alone? For over 60 years, J&J Exterminating has been shielding homes and businesses. 100% guaranteed against termites, pests, and mosquitoes. Louisiana-owned, customer-focused. J&J Exterminating. Call them today, make the pests go away. Get the shield. Yeah. Politicians aren't going to save Louisiana, but the right leader will. Stephen Wagesback for governor. Stephen is pro-law enforcement. He supports parents' rights. And Stephen believes Louisiana's people are the key to our economic success. Everything the other states are doing, we can easily do with the right plan and the right leader and the right movement that begins in moments like this. I'm running for governor of Louisiana. And we're going to change this state forever. Stephen Wagesback, the right leader for governor. Paid for by Reboot Louisiana PAC. Microphone here. My friends at the Louisiana Sportsman Coalition are the only group fighting for water access in the state. Louisiana is the only state that restricts access to tidally influenced water. There are 3 million acres of coastal Louisiana alone, and 2.4 million acres are considered by some as privately owned. This is our water. You can look it up. Article 450 of Louisiana Civil Code protects tidally influenced state water. Real privately owned water does not connect to the state water, and even the courts are standing to recognize it. Help stop the madness. Join LASC for all Louisiana's right to fish. Go to LASC.com. Join now. Clay Young here. Hi, I'm Dale Brown, best-selling techno-thriller author. I'm also a mission pilot and squadron commander in the Civil Air Patrol. The members of the Civil Air Patrol are volunteer professionals who serve their communities and their nation every day with emergency services, aerospace education, and cadet programs. We train hard, we fly hard, and we get the job done for America. Join the Civil Air Patrol. Visit www.gocivilairpatrol.com and let's go flying. You're listening to the best of the Moon Graffon Show. Hello, welcome back. Moon Graffon Show, last segment of this hour. Tommy Foche, president of uh, Louisiana Mid-Continental Oil and Gas Association. They had a big function. We were talking a little bit about that. We've gotten off to a little bit of other subjects. Uh, Tommy, I didn't want to, uh, you were talking, I, didn't, I, I knew you wanted to wrap up something. Let me let you wrap up what you were talking about. Yeah, look, I think we were talking we were talking about some of the investments and some of carbon capture and the lower fuel technologies. I think it was just important for everyone to realize. Um, there's a lot of talk about the industry going through an energy transition, and honestly, that's misleading. I think it's more of an evolution of the industry. Transition makes you think you're leaving something behind, and we're not. I think that's, you know, I think it's important for Louisiana to understand the industry is is adding to its its abilities to produce all types of fuels, whether it's low-carbon fuels or traditional oil and gas products. And that's what we're seeing. And Louisiana, has an, this is a great business opportunity for Louisiana that creates jobs and brings new investment in a way that it won't happen in other states. And I think that's what's important. Louisiana, we want it to get better, the economy to get stronger. I think this is an opportunity to build 
on something we're really good at, and that's producing energy. Let me, uh, not to fight with you, because I'm not going to do that. I appreciate you coming on. I hope you come <laughs> back right. with us. But let, let, can I just be blunt about something? Uh, dealing yeah. with carbon capture and all this foolishness of global warming. Uh, let's just be blunt. If the federal government wasn't putting out money or giving incentives, nobody would be doing it. Absolutely nobody would be doing it. And I, 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 that's my problem with it. It's not with the oil and gas industry. I think what happens is when we expand, we talk about expanding business. Let's, this is all about business. This is all about money. And the business, I, I, I played a clip with John Kennedy. They want to spend $50 trillion on this. Uh, who, who's going to get out of the way of making money? And I think a lot of it has to do with that. And y'all are forced to do this. But what, that's why I would, I'm concerned, Tommy, once the money is taken for things that uh, up the road, they're going to say, well, hold up just a second now. We help y'all with billions of dollars of investment because the federal government put the money out there. And they're the ones investing most of the money when it comes. I'm talking about the green new energy stuff. The oil and gas industry here knows what they're doing. You and everybody else. And I commend y'all. Without y'all, this wouldn't even be a state. So I commend y'all. I'm concerned about the next step because you, you've called it several times a business opportunity. And that's what I call it. I, I, want, I think you've been honest, and I appreciate that. I really do. You've been honest where other people hadn't been as honest. You've been honest that this is business. This is the way we're going to do business now. And, but if the federal government didn't run up all this debt to send all this money out, I don't think we would really be in that part of the business. If I'm way off base, you're welcome to shoot me down. No, I, no, I think at the end of the day, I think the industry is is in a strong place. It is no doubt it's a dynamic time. Um, and I think, look, I think the future of Louisiana industry and all of the twists and turns that, that have happened over the years and are going to happen in years to come, the industry is resilient. The industry is going to respond. The, the industry is going to continue to be, you know, a, a vital player in national energy picture the global energy picture uh, we talked a lot yesterday going back to yesterday mm-hmm. we talked a lot about the pride in american energy production and look the industry twists and turns and evolves over time and we go different places i think what's good in louisiana the industry knows how to be nimble and we we work we work within the environment and the um you know within the the framework of of state and federal policy and and that's, that's the way that these businesses have evolved and been successful, and I think you're going to see more of that in the future. Yeah. Well, uh, I, we'll see. I, I do think that uh, people have decided they're going to go in this direction. I just I don't buy in that we, we're hurting the planet. And uh, Until I buy into that, I can't buy into everything else, and that's just me. Gotcha. But you guys, have, uh, you guys have worked hard, and the oil and gas industry means a lot to the state of Louisiana. Uh, the thing I like about it, I say it all the time, is y'all have fed a lot of people. Y'all have helped fight wars. Y'all have had people work in that industry that have retired, put their kids through school, uh, you know, had great careers still going on today. Without oil and gas, we're nothing. You know, without the chemical plants, we're nothing. And I just, I'm worried about the future, not necessarily what y'all going to do, but what the feds are trying to do in the big picture, because uh, that's what I'm concerned about. I, I do know this. I don't think anything that y'all do is going to actually lower the cost and the feds are doing it, are going to lower the cost for everybody. I'm, I'm scared about having uh, energy that's rationed. In other words, we see it in California, and we just don't want to be like those folks. Not, at least not in well, energy. Uh, I think, look, so to, to that point, you know, we've, we've talked a lot since the early part of last summer, you know, when gasoline prices were, were skyrocketing. And I think what we have been trying to, to make sure everybody understands, particularly at the federal level, um, 
look, it is true that it has been harder to move forward with with a predictable energy policy for this country. We have had to work harder than ever and still do not have in place the next five-year offshore leasing plan mm-hmm. to, 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 to let us know that we have the certainty moving forward for, for offshore production. Look, we do, we do need predictable policy out of Washington that shows the nation and the world that energy production in this country is, is welcomed yeah. and energy production in this country is needed. And that is important for Louisiana industry yeah. because the point you made earlier, there's a lot of families, a lot of livelihoods. It's not just about the cost of energy in Louisiana. It's about the industry that helps uh, support hundreds of thousands of people in this state. Well, actually, when you look at the, the industry you're in, it supports my job. It supports everybody's job. I mean, manufacturing and, and the industry that y'all in has led to the prosperity that we've had in Louisiana where people have done really well here. You know, we got out migration problem, people are looking for jobs. But on the flip side, the people that have done well here, all in gas, has had a somewhat of a say in their life. I mean, you guys uh, have contributed money to universities, contributed money to a lot of different things around here that made it better. So I just want that to continue, Tommy, and I know you do too. I, my concern uh, I is do. you got to understand something. Not a complaint about you or anybody taking money. I'm just challenging some of the stuff that's going on. But what you guys have done in a long period of time, I, I, I say kudos. No, I appreciate that. Look, you know, on quick point, we, we actually, we were talking yesterday at our event. I was challenging all the employees. I said, look, we got, you have to be involved in this election year. Yeah. You got to be involved in the process. And one of the points I made is that, look, you know, it's May. It's graduation season. We have hundreds of thousands of kids graduating across the state, everywhere from, you know, the universities of LSU down to Hornville High School, where I went in St. Charles Parish. The future for these kids in Louisiana can be very bright, and it can be if we just continue to embrace the oil and gas industry, embrace, you know, energy production here, not just in the U.S., but in Louisiana. And, and I told them, I said, the graduates are the sons and daughters of our industry in many, many ways. And, you know, many of the people in that, hand, in that audience raise their hand. They're going to a graduation somewhere in the next few weeks. Yeah. It is important, and we have to create an opportunity. We have to build on our success to create opportunities for those kids. Um, look, my, my dad and both my grandfathers, chemical industry, oil and gas industry. Yeah. I'm here. My success is because of the work that those guys did, you know, over the last 50-plus years. That's a, the same a, story across the state. Yeah, my dad worked in the chemical plant for uh, 35 years. Put five of us through school. And I had a That's brother right. just gra- uh, just uh, retired, say graduate retired. I had a brother retired in the chemical industry last year. So another one that was there for 20 years, he got out, but he started doing other stuff, still related around the oil and gas industry. So I know I get it. Uh, I just, my concern is what I told you, was I'm really concerned of what they're really trying to do with this carbon stuff, just putting stuff in the ground. And really, they're doing it to save the planet when I think the planet's in pretty good shape. Tommy Foshe, hey, Tommy, we're going to do it again soon. God bless. Thank you so much for spending time with me. Same here. Take right, care. We're do it again. Yes, sir. All right, we're going to take a break. Rest of you, some of you leave me. You want to check us out another hour, moongraphon.com. Listen live. We'll take a break. You're listening to the Moon Graphon. <laughs>
show that's not immune to facts. The Dan Bongino Show. And here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Brobridge, Lafayette. A Town Square media station. Broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. the fallen i'm dave anthony fox news it's what memorial day is all about honor God. that's at arlington national cemetery where in moments president biden will lay a wreath at the tomb of the unknown soldier in georgia a korean war hero will be buried at andersonville national cemetery after he'd been missing for 73 years army private first class luther herschel's story was last seen in september of 1950 during the korean war when he stayed behind to cover his unit's retreat story was awarded the medal of honor and he remained missing until the u.s military was able to match his dna with a set of bones found in april fox's ryan schmelz and russia's war on Ukraine that after launching a drone attack on the capital Kiev with all but one being shot down. Another assault of missiles, the 16th air assault of the month, causing huge disruption, forcing folks who are out and about down into bomb shelters. The missiles used today came from the north, most likely from Russian jets or from sites in neighboring Belarus targeting civilian and military infrastructure. Fox's Greg Palcott, Ukrainian officials say all those missiles were shot down today. They have now rescued eight people from that Davenport, Iowa apartment building that partially collapsed yesterday. No deaths are reported. No one believed to be trapped inside. After President Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy worked out a raise the debt limit compromise, lawmakers have three days to review it. I'm taking that 72 hours to review it and decide for myself. Congressman Brian Mast on Fox. Other Republicans are no. Some conservatives in the House are furious, upset about raising the debt limit through January of 2025 at a time these members are predicting the U.S. debt will balloon to $35 trillion. Fox's Peter Ducey at the White House. It's unclear if changes are going to have to be made to get this through Congress, but if uh, whatever they wind up doing, there is some urgency because it has to be done within one week or else default. America's listening to Fox News. At Simply Safe, we design award-winning security to protect every inch of your home. It's easy to set up yourself, and now there's an even easier option. Have an expert do it for you with Simply Safe Pro Install. Always protecting, never a contract. Two easy installation options, backed by 24/7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. Get 20% off any new system with interactive monitoring at simplysafe.com/radio. There's no safe like Simply Safe. There are more identity threats than you realize. Even if you monitor your credit, only a little personal info needs to leak out, like your social security number or password, or you to become a victim. LifeLock alerts you to threats you could miss. If your identity is stolen, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions, but everyone can save up to 25% off their first year with promo code NEWS. Go to LifeLock show that's not immune to facts the dan bongino show here on news talk 96.5 kpel this place has a pulse you hear it in the canopy feel it in the ground life fully illuminated engulfs you 
From the birds singing in the treetops above to the tiniest insects in the soil below, you take a deep, cleansing breath, filling your lungs with the essence of the forest. Now, imagine it's all gone. Healthy, life-giving forests reduced to nothing. No singing birds, no lush canopy, and water and food in short supply around the world. Time is running out to protect our forests, and without our love, they can and will disappear. It's our choice. Love it or lose it. Help protect our forests. Visit World Wildlife Fund at wwf.org love. Hey, this is Joe Cunningham, and every weekday on my show, The Joe Cunningham Show, you can tune in for all of today's top news, local, state, and national, plus analysis that you're not going to get anywhere else. All of the big topics from a local perspective right here on The Joe Cunningham Show every weekday, 3 to 4 p.m., on News Talk 96.5 KPL. The views expressed in the following show are those of the hosts or hosts only. They do not represent News Talk 96.5 KPL or Town Square Media. Court-appointed special advocates or CASA are specially trained volunteers that help secure safe homes for abused and neglected children. Don't let these innocent victims slip through the cracks of our complicated legal system. Get involved today. Call CASA at 268-5111. This nonprofit organization moment brought to you by News Talk 96.5 KPL. to have you with us rock and roll time it is friday open forum friday talk about anything you want to talk about all you got to do is dial 844-766-6607 matthew james tax and wealth management hotline and uh as you know a lot of stuff going on in the legislature we've been on it we want it yesterday we got some stuff to happen today as well so we're looking forward to it all righty we'll crank up though a representative hopefully will be soon sent it to alan seaball they need some help over there uh, Representative Alan Seaball joins us. Alan, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful, Moon. How are you this morning? I'm doing superb. So yesterday, uh, there was a bill I think Fred Mills was uh, preaching or sent over, and uh, you did some. Uh, you did a pretty slick move, and I like it. I think it's great. Uh, tell people what you did because now all this goes back to the Senate bill that Fred, of course, killed in the Senate Welfare Committee health and welfare committee that everybody's for the bill that I've ever talked to, but Fred. And so, so you had a little bit of a comeback for that. So let's, let's, let's talk about that. What did you do yesterday? Well, the, the, it, go back to the bill itself. The first one gave Furman's bill. 
Um, you know, it, this is a good bill. We're the only southern state that does not have that prohibition. Um, and this is to keep people from doing sex change surgeries on minors. Yep. And, you know, every every other southern state protects minors from, from this, um, which I think is is child abuse. But whatever, we, we can discuss that. But it is a bill that has overwhelming support throughout Louisiana, throughout every section of Louisiana. Black and white, Republican and Democrat, it came out of the House with 71 votes. Um, is overwhelming support everywhere. Well, it goes to the Senate and it dies on what was essentially a party line vote, except Fred Mills was the deciding vote as a Republican who voted against it, voted to, to leave it in committee. So what we did, Fred Mills had three bills on the House floor yesterday. We put, a, we, we drafted an amendment that said that particular bill, which, which is all three of them, would not become law until Gabe Furman's bill is not only passed by the Senate, but signed by the governor and enacted into law. So two of his bills got deferred, but they did bring the telehealth bill to the floor. And so I went up and put an amendment on it that said his telehealth bill would not become law until Gabe Furman's bill is passed and enacted into law. And we have that amendment waiting for every one of his bills the rest of the session. Yeah, what what did, uh, I love it. What, uh, how many votes did you get? But ironically, nobody objected to the amendment. I think it caught some people off guard, and nobody objected to it. And the bill passed, I think, 80 to 4. Wow. And that's a big stand. You only had four people vote against the bill out of 105. That is gigantic. Yeah, that all, Now, look, I'm proud of the 80 because you had crossover Democrat with Republican. But that four people voted against it says a lot about what you just did. And it also sends a message, I think, to Fred and the Senate. Would y'all wake up and see what y'all doing over there? I didn't look at the vote. Somebody I got somebody sent me said it was eighty to four. Somebody else sent me said it was eighty nine to four. But the interesting thing was the Democrats asked for a lockout and they got it, which means twenty people asked for a lockout, which means you can't vote your neighbor's machine. You can only vote if you're actually in the chamber. Mm -hmm. So the Democrats got a lockout. It takes twenty votes to get a lockout, and then only four voted against the bill. Wow. Wow. Which, which I, so, something went wrong. <laughs> I can't explain that. That that one that doesn't make a lot of sense. But so what you're I've telling me is four votes against the bill. So what you're telling me is for Fred Mills's bill to pass, then the uh, the bill that he vetoed has to be passed and signed by the governor. Yes. Yes, it has to be enacted in the law. Yes. Yeah. Now I heard that I heard that, te that telehealth bill is that a bill that's come out of Senate already, or that's a bill that has to go to yes. the Senate. No, that was it. It was Fred Mills' bill. It came out of the Senate, and, and this was the last step. And now it's got to go. To, he either concurs in the House amendment or he rejects the amendment and sends it to conference. And, okay. you know, we, we've, we've got the votes, we think, at this point, to kill any bill that he strips that amendment off of. Yeah, well, Alan, I appreciate it. We've been needing guts in the legislature for a long time. And, and it's not only you. I mean, you came up with it. Or maybe several people came up with it. But the bottom line is you did it. And, and the lawmakers agree with you, and very few disagreed. And it shows the difference between the House and the Senate. The Senate, as you know, is where things go to die. And Mills killed the bill that everybody I talk to, any person with any sense, is all for protecting young kids. By the way, the bill that y'all tried to get, that y'all did get passed at the House that Mills killed, is a bill that uh, really protects children. That's what it does. It just protects. It, Somebody it, gets to be 18 and you want to cut everything off your body. You have a choice to go do that. You can't.
Well, and keep in mind, too, the House has sent Doty Horton's anti-grooming bill to the Senate. And, you know, Cleo Fields is chairman of the committee and told her he wasn't going to schedule it for hearing. I understand he may actually be doing that now, but he didn't for a couple of weeks. Raymond Cruz sent a good bill to the Senate yep. that protects kids. We, we've sent a lot of legislation to the Senate, good gun bills. Um, Larry Freeman's got a couple of really strong bills that are sitting over there in the Senate that they just they won't bring up for a vote. And so this, and that's, that's what the Senate did last year. They took all the bills that John Bell would have vetoed, yeah. and they just didn't vote on them, and they ran off the clock because we have that 72-hour rule. After Within 72 hours of the end of the session, it takes two-thirds. So they, they just ran the clock out. And so John, instead of having you know 35 vetoes last year, he only had, I don't know, 15 or so because they sat on yeah. 20 the 20 most conservative best bills that the House sent to the Senate, they just stayed on the calendar because they're protecting John Bell from having to abuse the veto and and trying to keep us out of a veto override session. But, you know, so my question is all about I, protecting John Bell. Oh, there's no doubt about it. And, but you got to go right to the Senate president. My question is, Alan, how do I keep voting for Republicans if this is what I'm going to get in leadership? Because this really gets down to the leadership working out with Bill Edwards. That's that's where all this comes out of. And y'all are getting screwed and the state is getting crushed by what the Senate is doing. Well, in the House, we have uh, a, an overwhelming majority of actual conservatives who are willing to stand up publicly and say so. That's why we have a conservative caucus. We have a freedom caucus. We, we, we have groups of people that are willing to stand up, encourage each other, help Come, this was a collaborative effort. There, I didn't come up with this by myself. There were, we had five or six options. We had five or six options that we were debating back and forth on what to do, but we're working together towards a common goal, which is what the people of Louisiana want. Um, I, I, I hope I find out what's in the water in the Senate. That, that you know, That's one of the jokes around the House is I'm going to go to the Senate and, and start acting like them. I, I, I don't think that's going to be the case. If I thought it was, I wouldn't be running. Um, no, the, the Senate the needs an overhaul. The Senate needs to change. Yeah, the Senate yes, needs the a big of overhaul. The Senate needs to change. Well, I think you would do that. And, I think uh, uh, Blake Miguez would do that. And you could probably name a few more that would really change what's happening in the Senate. This is absolutely well, ridiculous. Seven. Yeah, there's several of us that, that are running Rick Edmonds, Valerie Hodges. Yep. Garofalo. There, there's a lot of real, true conservative House members that are running for the Senate and, try, and trying to go over there and, and actually change the culture. Um, and, and that's really what needs to happen. Uh, uh, and look, I, 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 have, I have very close friends with the vast majority of the senators. These are nice people. They're good people. And I serve with a lot of them in the House, and they really are true conservatives who will do the right thing when given the chance. It's just, I think John Bell controls leadership, which controls the calendar and says, you know, you, you, you won't get your road project if you make us, uh, you know, force the governor to veto this bill. I don't know what happens behind the scenes in the Senate. I worked there 30 years ago, but things, things have changed. Um, it, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, that when good legislation passes the House, it needs to at least get a hearing on the Senate floor. And if you're against it, vote against it publicly and let people know where you stand. But Don't hide you know, in the closet. And, and no, but you look at what Mills did. I'm, I'm going to make a statement. You may agree or not agree. You don't have to say anything. Is that when that bill got to Fred Mills' uh, uh, Senate uh, committee a couple of days ago, the votes to kill it were already there. 
They didn't listen to yeah. any testimony. They didn't listen to the House testimony, the House committee testimony. They didn't listen to the Senate testimony. They had their decision made way before one person walked up there and made a comment. I, I agree with you, and you could you can prove that you can see it because they um, all the people that were testifying against the bill um, stopped, they, they withdrew their cards and they waved because somebody sent them a signal that um, that you know they had the votes they were just going to go ahead and vote at that time so they I think they kind of knew well so what, it was what, it was all set up so what you got passed on the bill yesterday on Mills's bill so every bill he brings over this will be attached to correct what that is the plan we're going to put it on every one of Fred Mills bills until the Senate actually well might not take it off we're going to put them on on the bills until the Senate if they bring a motion to the floor to 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 discharge the committee and bring Gabe's bill to the floor um you know, maybe we stop, but maybe we put it on every bill because it doesn't say till you vote on Gabe's bill. It says it doesn't become law until Gabe's what? bill passes and is signed by the governor. So here, it's not a bad bargaining chip. And, and, you know, we might put it on on more bills going forward. Well, here's, a, here's the other problem I got before I let you go. You got you got Cruz bill that passed and Horton's bill that passed with 70 some votes. How do you even put a guy like Cleo Fields in charge of a committee? That's leadership. Edwards uh, through Cortez. How do you put somebody on? He ain't even going to listen to the bills. He wouldn't even listen to any education bill either to stop uh, Common Core or any of this other craziness we got. So, I mean, why do you put no, people like that on committee chairs? You know it's to kill bills. Yeah, Doty had two bills in Senate education, and they weren't scheduled. He walked over, and she has one requiring posting of In God We Trust in the classroom, and she had the other one was the anti-grooming bill. And she walked over to, to Senator Fields and she said, uh, hey, can I get you to schedule my bills? And he said, I'll schedule the In God We Trust bill and turned around and walked off. Yeah, yeah. See, um, but that comes I, from leadership. I, I understand. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know where it came from. I just know that he probably shouldn't be chair of Senate Education. Yeah, well, he shouldn't be chair of anything. All right, Alan, best of luck. Uh, how can people get in touch with you for your campaign? Uh, AlanSeaball.com is my, is my website. And uh, my, my, if anybody wants my cell phone number, I'll put it on all my materials. All right. It's 318-200-0160. That's my cell phone. Call me anytime. Uh, AlanSeaball.com. A-L-A-N-S-E-A-V-A-U-G-H.com. Alan, thank you. We'll do it again soon. Thank you. We appreciate you, man. All right. All right. Let me take a break. When we get back, you heard him. Leadership. Goes all, all this stuff goes back to Blank Page and Bell Edwards. We'll be right back. Have you heard about stockapond.com? Are you looking to get in a private bass and brim fishing lease? Or maybe fish stocking for your private lake or pond? Then Shepherd's Acadiana Fish Hatchery has what you are looking for in business for over 30 years. Shepherd's Acadiana Fish Hatchery offers the best private fishing lease and fish for stocking lakes and ponds in Louisiana. You can visit that website at stockapond.com. That's stockapond.com. Don't forget it, stockapond.com. Politicians aren't going to save Louisiana, but the right leader will. Stephen Wagesback for governor. Stephen is pro-law enforcement. He supports parents' rights. And Stephen believes Louisiana's people are the key to our economic success. Everything the other states are doing, we can easily do with the right plan and the right leader and the right movement that begins in moments like this. I'm running for governor of Louisiana, and we're going to change this state. 
forever. Stephen Wagespach, the right leader for governor. Paid for by Reboot Louisiana PAC. Hey, folks, have you ever thought about building your dream home? There's no time like today to start building, and my friends at Schumacher Homes can take you from the start to the finish. Now through May 31st, all eligible buyers can receive 4.949% APR, 30-year fixed financing when financing their custom home with Schumacher Mortgage. They got the mortgage. They can build a home. They can put you in your dream home, folks. Take advantage of the deal to May 31st. You're going to be excited you came across my friends at Schumacher Homes. Go to SchumacherHomes.com, SchumacherHomes.com. Online house visualizes designing your custom home has never been simpler when you go to Schumacher Homes online. Mix and match colors, materials, find your dream home, perfect exterior and interior. You can do it all with Schumacher's home. Choose it now. Go today. SchumacherHomes.com. SchumacherHomes.com. They can finance it and they can bill it. And they take you from the first step to the last step until they bill it. SchumacherHomes.com. They're the company to use. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Hi, y'all. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back. Moongraphon Show. Great to have you with us. 844-766-6607 is the number. It is a Matthew James Tax and Wealth Management hotline if you'd like to be part of the program. Now, uh, and I appreciate uh, Alan Seaball, who really needs to be the next senator in that district, big time, folks. Trust me. Don't put somebody that the trial lawyers are pushing. Please don't. You're making a mistake. But let me, let's go on into this because I'm a, uh, everybody's against what Fred Mills did. 99% of the people are against what Mills did. What Mills did is absolutely cruel to children and families. It's cruel. It's evil. So yesterday, what they do on the Senate floor, they let Fred get up there and tell jokes. They let Fred give his last speaker and he goes up there and tells jokes and his buddy, uh, Blank Page Cortez even put together a resolution. Yes. We got all this going on. Blank Page is doing nothing. Blank Page is your problem. I've been explaining this to you. I know exactly what I'm talking about. This guy has killed more pieces of legislation. But he let people like Mills do it. He let people like Cleo Phil. Cleo Phil should have never been a chair of a committee. Cortez put him there. Who put Page, uh, Fred Mills there? Cortez. Mr. Mr. Senate President, when I begged him not to put him there, I knew what I was dealing with, folks. I know these people. I know them. I've watched them. Yesterday, so you got all this resolute. People are mad as hell at Fred. So Fred gets to go on the floor and gives a funny speech, and they all get to laugh at him. So did Cortez step up and say, hey, Fred, you're wrong. We got we to gotta protect children. No, sir. Did Cortez step up and say, let me lead the Senate? They on the floor today, Brandon, at 930. You can call him right now and say, Paige, we want this reversed. We want this brought on the floor. We want this pulled from the committee and brought on the floor. Paige Cortez, blank Paige, can do it right now. Why won't he? Because he's in bed with the woke governor. He's no different than the woke governor or Fred Mills. So here's what he did yesterday. So here's everybody's upset at Fred Mills. And I've been telling y'all, you ought to be upset with Cortez probably more. What does he do yesterday? 
a resolution. This is Cortez. Cortez got up there and bragged about Fred. A resolution recognizing Mills on the eve of his retirement and lauding him as a true statesman. Yeah, for the devil. He's a true statesman from mutilating and butchering children. And, then, and so Cortez comes to the rescue. But here's the funny thing. They had a resolution as a true statesman. It was passed to Senate unanimously. 39 votes. Or 38, he probably didn't vote for himself. All of them say, what a great guy. What a statesman. He's butchering kids. He's helping butcher kids. And that's Cortez coming to the rescue. By the way, you know, I heard that Joel Robodeau, you know, the tax man, that helps get gambling that Cortez has walked it. They say he, he's, a, he's an Oshner's guy, too. He represents Oshner's. Oshner's is protecting. They're the ones going to make money with the pharmacists. Although I know some pharmacists who called me and said, man, I'm not for this. This is ridiculous. I don't want a penny from this. And I'm asking people a question because I'm going to give you a couple quotes from Fred Mills. And, I, and this is very important what I'm getting ready to ask you. People in Senate District 22. Would you rather Fred, if you had a choice, you had one or two choices, Fred can vote to bring all the money home for your projects and make sure you got plenty of money coming, or would you rather him protect young kids from being mutilated and butchered with this sex-crazy stuff we're going through with gender? Which one? Would you rather save children from having to go through this until they're 18 and they can make a decision for themselves, or would you rather get your project and your money? You know, I asked the question because a lot of people are going, I'd rather get my money. I don't care about all that stuff. That's sad to know that any man or woman would be for this. And they would, if they're getting their money, they don't even care about this. And wait till I come back at the break. So you got Blake Page in the legend in the Senate giving puffed up resolutions on how great of a statesman Fred Mills is. Fred Mills been making votes like this his whole 12 years. Fred Mills should have got up and apologized to Senate District 22. He should have said, I'm sorry. You know what's sad? If Fred Mills, Cortez, and people like that would run as Democrats, they would never get to do this to us. You know why? They would get beat. But they're Republicans because they can't win. Okay, what does Mills say to the Senate district? I'm going to read it to you. It's in the paper. I got it. He basically tells y'all to get the flip out of his way. But I'll read that to you when we get back. Don't forget my good friends at Stein, and that's one of those great Louisiana companies. All you have to do is go to steinhome.com, steinhome.com, and check out their big sale they have going on now. They have the brochure on the website for you to go check out, but they got everything on the website. They got special financing for 12 months as well. So if you're looking for a big deal, you're one of those people that are looking for something in the garden area, lawnmowers or flowers or things of that nature, you need to go to steinhome.com. Wow, they got all the big names waiting on you. Better brands right here at Stein. So check them out at steinhome.com. They got a 2023 outdoor power equipment catalog, a new 16-page catalog available in all the stores now. Steinhome.com, Steinhome.com. Listen to me. Pick up your orders curbside. They got drive through lumber yard. Stein is that great Louisiana company I've been bragging about for many, many years. And you can order online and go pick it up. Choose the better bucket. 
Our friends at Stein, steinhome.com, steinhome.com. You know that Acadiana Security Plus is the best local choice for commercial security. But did you also know they are ranked nationally as a top 100 integrator? Acadiana Security Plus is your one-step technology partner, offering integrated intrusion and access control, state-of-the-art cameras with video verification, and mass notification. Their app gives you control from anywhere, so your business is always safe and secure. Call Acadiana Security Plus today at 839-1880. That's 839-1880 or visit getaspnow.com. Crime is out of control. Louisiana's education system failing our kids and our economy, one of the worst. We need a new direction. We need Jeff Landry as governor, a former police officer, Army National Guardsman, Sheriff's Deputy, and our Louisiana Attorney General. Jeff Landry has a proven record of fighting crime. A small businessman, he successfully filled hundreds of jobs for Louisiana citizens. So Jeff Landry opposes high taxes and government red tape harming our economy. A husband and father, Jeff Landry knows all kids deserve a great education, not liberal politics pushed in the classroom. A leader standing up to Biden, protecting our pro-life values and Second Amendment freedoms, endorsed by the Republican Party of Louisiana. Our next governor... Jeff Landry. Paid for by Landry for Louisiana. The government is... Have you noticed bad behavior has become normalized at interscholastic athletic events? Some fans seem angry. They lack civility toward one another. Some even get aggressive and unruly. Time out. What is going on? This has to stop. Let's not forget, school sports aren't just about winning. And they're definitely not an excuse to take your frustrations out on the official or the opponent. They're about teaching lessons like perseverance, respect, and empathy so students can learn and grow as people, not just as players. We all have a role to play in setting a good example for our students and teaching them these important values. So fans, it's time to step up your game and behave positively at interscholastic athletic events in Louisiana. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. For those fortunate enough to help the person who has always been their hero, find the care guides you need to help at aarp.org slash caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. It is an honor to have uh, Representative Philip DeVille. We hadn't had him on much, but uh, we ought to have him on a lot more. Philip, good to see you. Yeah, Moon, thanks for having me. Let me let me let me get that mic a look. You're not loud like me. I'm not loud. Philip's <laughs> going, thank God. Uh so I a little bit excitement in the fact that the film credit film industry came through and I think they got it through the house. I don't think they made it through the Senate yet. But I, I picked up a uh, not actually not an article. I got the same thing. You gotta start getting these text messages with these tweets. And and the word was that they had put a private investigator on you and I call him Tanner Bad News Bad McGee. So Tell me about this. Do you know anything about it? Or you just got the same information? Or why would they look at you? What'd you do? You missed, you ate meat on Friday one time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, you can, you can remember back in 2016 when I was elected and, and we were looking at deficits at the time. Yep. And, uh, Immediately, we kind of started looking at um, credits and exemptions. I filed a bill to cut uh, the movie industry um, by about $75 million because if you look at the state's return on the investment, it shows that it loses about $0.77 cents on every dollar. Um, moving forward to a couple of years ago, um, Senator Hewitt had brought a bill to extend the sunset. That credit was due to sunset in 2025, and um, we were able to stop that bill on the House side a couple of years ago. And... Um, 
I guess about that time, I had a constituent reach out to me and just let me know that someone from New Orleans had been hired from a major film producer, and uh, he was asked if he could find any dirt on me. Um, they had, they had my, my wife's, what my wife drives, our address, where I work, what I drive, and they, it was just, they were, I guess in the text message chain, they were saying if, if they could find anything on me and trying to figure out why I was against the, the movie industry and if oh I was bought and God. paid for it. It was pretty interesting, and look, that was a, a couple of years ago when that had came out. Um, I didn't say anything about it. I did, I did talk to the speaker, and he asked if I felt any threats or anything like that, and I just wanted to make him aware of it. Now, you talked about uh, Tanner McGee, our Speaker Pro Tem. So this year when the bill was brought to Ways and Means, um, the gentlemen that were bringing the bill, uh, Tanner McGee asked them the question. You know, I just want to ask you all about the threats that were made to me. And the same two gentlemen that I met with said, look, we had nothing to do with that. And it, when, when they, the gentleman at the table, said we had nothing to do with that, that was the same thing that they had told me. I got really frustrated. And so, you know, I, I, I brought about what had happened to me when Tanner McGee brought about what had happened to him. And that's kind of how we got here today. Yeah, you know, I, I, when I saw that, I was, uh, to say I was surprised, no, I was surprised your name was mentioning it. Because I, you know, I don't, I don't, I mean, I know you're well, but I know you're well enough. And I'm thinking, well, they're going to go get dirt on that. What did you do? Slap somebody at school? That, uh, you poke somebody with a pencil? <laughs> Yeah, Blake Negus well, said I, I mean, ain't some guys, during Lent. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, they can find more. I tell you, I was saying that outside. I said, if they put an investigator on me, they're going to laugh. This dude goes to work, and he goes eat lunch, and he goes work out, and he makes some sales calls, and he goes home. Then yeah. I got special need daughter. I mean, I go home. When I leave from here today, I got some business to take care of. I'm going home. Yeah. So when they follow me, they're going to go, please put me on somebody that's not bored. <laughs> I ain't Edwin Edwards and you're not either. That's right. So, look, <laughs> and I'll tell you this. I mean, I didn't want to bring this, this whole uh, PI thing to light during the session because I think it's just important. I think your listeners really want to hear the state of Louisiana has about $7.3 billion in credits and exemptions. And uh, the movie tax industry, they get about $180 million of that. When you look at the state's return on the investment, I just think it's a bad investment. You look at roads, bridges, our infrastructure, our education. Yeah, but you're just being real honest about your assessment, and you're also using numbers. Because I, I know there's some people out there saying it's a great investment because people are working and all that stuff. But, uh, I, you know, let me, let's, let's talk about that because since you brought it up, and I know Bishop is, is looking at doing some stuff. But the bottom line on this is that if we made this state, and I'm going to make a statement. If we made this state a friendly business state, we wouldn't have to give anybody exemptions. Okay. I mean, really friendly, like friendlier than Texas. I don't think you'd have to do any exemptions because our state would grow. People would stay here. People would move here. And we wouldn't worry about exemptions because they'd be making money here. Is that why we got so many, Philip? I, I would agree with you 100%. And um, our, our chairman, Bishop, for House Ways and Means, had set up a subcommittee along with uh, – Nelson, Richard Nelson, yeah. and um, we, we went through all of our, our tax structure, and one of the things I think we would all agree upon is what you just said. If we just look at our credits and exemptions, start phasing down these credits and exemptions, and, and at the same time, phasing down income tax, whether it's personal, corporate, franchise tax, all, of, all the things of that nature, we would build a tax base. When you build a tax base, you can pay for things that we all agree we need. Well, if, if you have the econ robust economy, and I'm not talking about a fake one with floods and hurricanes and COVID, but you really built up an economy. You wouldn't need exemptions. I just think if you talk to business people, people like to do business where they can make money, they can employ people, and they can grow. That's it. That's what, but they got to know what the rules are. I think here, the reason why we buy so many businesses to do what we do is we don't have a fair tax system. So I didn't notice in the tax exemption stuff y'all talking about, y'all are talking about getting rid of and phasing out some taxes. I saw Brett Island 
who uh, had a bill of trying to get rid of the franchise tax. That's one of the many that we're trying to get rid of. Absolutely, and we passed out of Ways and Means yesterday. Um, I've, I've heard for years and years that the worst tax on business is a franchise tax. Um, we're looking at, at, at trying to phase that out. As you've probably heard, we have triggers in, in some bills. I heard the triggers, passed. yeah. Um, the triggers have a very real uh, chance of being met. If those triggers are met, um, the amount of the growth in that. Yeah, but, that, but, but let me throw something at you. Y'all passed uh, this, uh, uh, my good friend Daniel Erst Palm at the Pelican Institute. You've been through, the, I think, through the, the process with him. So me and Daniel kind of got after from the taxes last time. And he said, if we do this, we could do this. Daniel was right. I didn't vote for it because it hurt me. But that, that's beside the point. So the, he says the triggers are there. So now y'all pass a budget where triggers could kick in and do something. And the media and the Senate's going, no, we better not do that. So I worry about triggers. I'm gonna tell, I understand them, but I, but I worry about them because just like the budget y'all passed, which would kick some triggers in, which would be really good. You got the Senate over there saying, not, not so fast. Yeah, and look, a lot of people don't understand what that even means. What are the triggers? What, what can they relate to? And it's pretty simple. I mean, if you have an, a, a growth on your income tax side, on personal income tax side, whatever that growth is, the reduction would be in, in that tax amount. So if you have a 3.7% growth in your income tax, personal income tax collections, it would trigger that in a reduction on that, on that tax. And the same thing on the franchise tax. I mean, I think it's, it's pretty much straightforward. The issue is with inflation and disasters, as you spoke about, is that the reason why our economy, it, not really our economy, but our state government is, is receiving... How we survive, really. Yeah, and, and look, the intent of the triggers, in my opinion, was to have the, the economy grow. When the economy grows, the state actually generates more money, which and then we can reduce taxes, and that's yeah, what we should be doing. The triggers, let's, let's keep it simple. As our economy kicks up, as our economy grows, as we've got more money for the coffers and things you want to do, triggers kick in that really go back to businesses and people. Absolutely. That, am I right? It's that, that pretty simple. And that's the only reason. It, but I saw when uh, I, I heard Brett Island and Ways and Means and it got out of there, but when they talked about the triggers, my first thought was, okay, but y'all passed the House budget. That should kick in these, some triggers that would really be good for us. And you got the Senate on the other side saying, oh, no, 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 we want to spend every penny. Right. And that, that becomes the problem because we got a set of guys. And I'm, a, and I'm giving you credit. I'm giving Shake Snyder and everybody credit because they really stuck to their guns on this budget. Can they stick to them after it comes out of the Senate, though? That's yeah. going to gonna be the big question. And our House leadership has done a great job with keeping us informed, showing us, like, let's try to hold back on this to where it, it saves the state in the long run. And I think a lot of the members of the Senate are, are agreeing with us. We just don't know where we're at yet, you know. Uh, let me do this. If I take a break, can you stay one more segment? Sure. I want to talk a little bit about budget, okay. some of the stuff y'all have in the battle. But I'll mention the names. I'm not trying to get you to go there. But just some of the things, because I hear there's, House members and Senate members starting to get together on the Republican side going, hey, uh, you know, we, we, we got to do something different. In other words, we're not going to buy into the Senate. And I'm sure the Senate, they have a lot more give for us, I'm concerned, to come with y'all than y'all have to go with them. Let's talk about that when we get back. His name is Representative Philip DeVilliers. And uh, by the way, I was the private eye. I couldn't find that one. <laughs> Except that one day you ate meat on Friday. We'll take a break. You're listening to the Moon Graffon Show. Do you remember recess? Our children may not because our kids are busy learning how to take a standardized test. One size fits all. That's what teachers must teach, the LEAP test. So it's hard to get kids onto the playground to learn citizenship, responsibility, and character. These things can be the difference between an auto mechanic and a car thief. Experts know kids do better when you let them be kids, but our experts don't. They make teachers teach a test. 
Meanwhile, we're 2,500 teachers short because we don't pay them or let them do their jobs. So pay them, let them do their jobs. While we're at it, let's provide farm fresh food to kids at school. Our farms have an abundance. Our kids need the nutrition and our schools already make meals. My name is Hunter Lundy. I paid for this ad because I'm running for governor. I'm a Christian, a conservative, and an independent. Exercise, life skills, teachers who teach, and farm fresh food. Why not? You're a... I heard the call to serve, so I answered. I earned a title and discovered my purpose. I found belonging, an unbreakable bond with my fellow Marines. We fought to overcome adversity together in defense of our nation and its people. I've lived a full life, rich with meaning. And even though I no longer wear the uniform, I am still a Marine. My service has come full circle. I will always look after those around me. I will always uplift and support my country and my community. Because that is the promise I made. That is what it means to be a Marine. Semper Fidelis. Always faithful. Always Marine. Welcome back, Moon Report Show. Great to have you back with us. Right here in the studio of Talk 107.3 FM, our friends at uh, Guaranteed Broadcast and humble to have them. She says we're on Facebook. It's just my sign, though. Is that, is that what I'm saying? I'm on Facebook? That's scary. It's, you should have put Philip on Facebook, not me. Anyway, uh, Representative Philip DeVille spent a few minutes with us this morning. I'm glad, you know, you, you live over there by me, but you never come in that studio. I yeah, mean, sure. with gifts. <laughs> I, I'm planning on coming to broadcast at the Capitol Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, I got I got to make the arrangements. Uh, I've, I've got a couple different places we can do the program from, and uh, so we're going to try to split it out a couple of days. And then I'll, that ought to be about the right timing on the Senate budget. Huh? Absolutely. Look, we, uh, we sign and die uh, June 8th. So when I'm not at the Capitol working, I'm at home working. So yeah, that's, I, I get it. The studio. <laughs> I get it. Uh, on the budget, I, I thought it was one of the most responsible budgets I've ever seen. I didn't, I didn't realize, but as I learned more about it, like everybody else, you got to learn. Uh, the point four five is kind of phased out on your budget, too. Talk, can you talk a little bit about what happens with the point four five in the budget y'all passed, not the one that the Senate's trying to pass? Yeah, and there's a little confusion with that, but the point four five temp just means it's a temporary 0.45 sales tax. So our state sales tax is 4.45 temporarily. Um, it used to be 4%, went to 5 and 16, went back down to 4.45. Um, so the 0.45 generates around $450 million. There's a little bit of confusion because um, there was a bill that was presented that said we're going to take the, the 0.45 that's going to roll off in a couple of years and we're going to dedicate that to the IUAL, which is the initial unfunded. And that, that already passed the House, correct? It passed the House, but okay. it's my understanding that we don't really need that bill, right? Because okay. we could just do it through legislative intent and say we're going to spend the 0.45 dollars um, in the budget just directly and put it towards the IUAL, both on teachers and lasers. Um, that's something that's due to be paid off by 2029 mm -hmm. anyway. We feel if we would just pay it off sooner, we would actually stay, save the system's money and we would save the state money. Um, and, and in that event, that would allow the systems to be able to do more with the money, whether it's um, give teachers their pay raises, yeah. um, do more infrastructure, things of that but, nature. But, but the, the, the budget bill y'all got out the House and sent to the Senate, is anything in the .45 in that bill? Well, I mean, when you look at the .45, that, those dollars are going directly to our state general fund. Correct. So when you spend in the state general fund, absolutely, it, the, the .45 is being spent in House Bill 1, yes. Okay, but, it, but is, it, does it, is it phasing out in House Bill 1? No. 
I mean, it's, it's going to phase out in 2025. Okay, but question. Now, now you got to, I know you're running for re-election, mm-hmm. and you ought to be elected again. Um, maybe I should have told, who's your opponent? Maybe you won't endorse your opponent. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> that gives you a better chance to win if I did that. What, uh, do you think that .45 realistically comes off? I do. Yeah, and look. You I, don't think, you don't, you think the next governor and them, are not, if you pass the Senate bill of whatever the, whatever they're going to come out with their budget, I'm going to predict, no, it won't. I'm going to predict you're going to need it. Yeah, and, and I hear what you're saying. But, I mean, when you look at members that are on their first term, a lot of them ran on not voting to extend the point four five, And you got a lot of people that are running right now for their first term. And, and the questions that their constituents are asking them, are you going to want to vote to renew the point four five? And most of those people are all saying no. Um, the members that are in, in, in my term, which would be our last term in office, um, those that supported it said this is temporary, right? So I don't yeah, think there's a real... but it's a 10-year tax. Basically I, I, a 10-year tax, Phil. I, I, I get it. I'm just saying that that was what was sold to the public. I didn't support the point four five. I, I get it. But um, so I think when you have, the, you know, those three different legislative bodies um, coming in for whether it's re-election or their first term, they're not going to want to immediately renew a point four five. I mean, that's just what I, what I feel, just talking to members. Yeah, I know, but you can also get in a predicament like you had last time when Edwards came in and he gave you all this preposterous story of a $2 billion budget deficit, which it never was. I'm waiting for your boy Z's Rain to come back and show me he hadn't come back yet. But uh, I, that's the scenario I'm worried about. If, if the Senate was able to push their budget through and they want to spend everything, I think the point four or five, they're going to go, and, and all the people that are spending all the money, I'm talking about the media, some of the people in the Senate, uh, some Democrats in the House. My concern is when you get on the flip side, they go say, "Well, we just need to raise taxes." Yeah, we look, just need I, to raise I, taxes. I, I want to touch on a couple of things. Uh, Z is doing a phenomenal job with House Bill One. He's holding tight. No, he is. He, I got to give him credit our, on it, and I have given him absolutely. credit by the way. And 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 the second thing I'll, I'll touch on is if the Senate's uh, version, which we don't know what that version is of House Bill One, were to grow and spend all of the money, if they focus on spending this money on one-time expenses then it's not reoccurring, there's a very good chance that you don't need the point four five as well. If you start spending that money on reoccurring expenses, then certainly it could cause yeah. a lot of problems down the road. Philip, you've been around it long enough. You know we don't we very seldom take a tax off. We have done some, but, but uh, the point four five. And you know what else it does, too? If you can get rid of it, we're not the highest sales tax in the country. Anymore. That's right. We go down to like fourth or fifth. Still high, relatively speaking. But uh, what else do you think... Uh, what else do you think is big time in the legislature that you guys are, are fighting for right now besides the budget? Is there? I know there's some gun issues and things like that, that uh, Second Amendment stuff that you're fighting for. Is there constitutional amendments coming up? You is know, the governor going to veto some of the stuff y'all already sent through? Yeah, that's all fair questions. I mean, there's always constitutional amendments coming through. Um, I, I, I was talking to Julie Emerson yesterday, and they had a constitutional amendment up in front of us. And I said, I think I'll, the only question I have for the author is, how do you want me to explain to the people that call me my constituents on what does this constitutional amendment even mean? Because they're just so hard to follow, they're hard to read, and we hear that a lot when it, when it deals with that. Um, I think the biggest topic right now is how do you spend this money? Do you save it? Do you save some? Do you pay down debt? Um, what do you do with the expenditure limit? That's a huge, huge topic right now. Uh, the teacher pay raise is a big issue. Look, we got uh, state police that want to pay raise. We got uh, wildlife fishers that want to pay raise. We have... Um, I'm a constituent. I want to pay raise. We, we have su- <laughs> we, right. We have supplemental pay. Everyone wants to get a pay raise, and that teachers' pay raise. All of those things are reoccurring expenses, right? So I'll go back to your earlier question on how do we hold? How do we not extend the point four five and things of that nature? Um, if we do the right thing with the dollars today, it's going to pay off for the long. I think so too. I, I, I kind of get a kick out of it because I got to believe it's a different session. 
uh, when you walked in eight years ago when Edwards came in, and they were talking about doom and gloom, to the day with all the money. I'm taking it either way. Either scenario brings a lot of people to the Capitol asking, hey, can you help us out? I got to believe that not having enough money or having too much or having a lot. How about that? There's no such thing as too much. But having it's got to bring all these people to the, uh, to the trough and everybody asking for their project. Yeah, in 2016, I mean, in 17, what we heard is don't cut us, don't cut us, don't cut us. I mean, that was people yeah, crying. No, no LSU football, no by LSU the way. No LSU football, right. <laughs> uh, kicking grandma the nursing home, things of that nature. However, it was, it was never really a cut. It was just less of a growth, right? That's, that's what the reality Correct. was. Today, it's more people saying, hey, let us take care of what they consider their priorities are. So, um, you know, whether it's deferred maintenance, a road, a bridge, um, something at your university, whatever it might may be, and you just try to hold the line and do the right thing with those dollars. Question for you, a comment. Uh, I'm just going to make a comment. Roads, never been a priority in this state. Is that, is that, is that, am I being ugly? Am I being, tell me if I am on my own program. Am I being ugly by saying I've been doing this 30 years in August? Tell me I don't remember any time in my 30 years of doing this that I remember remember roads being a major priority because we've had in the 30 years, okay, this before and after you, when you leave, if I'm still here, We've had times when we didn't have much money. We had times we had a lot of money, and roads never got better. You're 100% right. When you look at the, the gas tax, I know you've talked a lot about that, um, at a 20 cents per gallon gas tax that generates the state about $600 million. Out of the $600 million, only about $40 million of that actually goes to roads and bridges. The other amount goes to pay for DOTD uh, secretaries, um, their, their um, salaries, benefits, debt services, retirement, all that thing. Um, so, you know, there's very little money that goes on roads and bridges. So if you want a road or you want a bridge back home, you got to go and do something as far as they call it, maybe kissing the ring, and then you'll get a project. Um, that is not the way we should prioritize things. And, and certainly we've passed legislation yeah. recently to redirect more dollars to the Transportation Trust Subfund. That's going to start prioritizing roads and bridges um, much sooner. Yeah, but, but, but there's also been a system, if, and it might be different now, to where you can now election year is coming up and let's say you weren't running and you had a priority one or whatever. And all of a sudden, well, he's going to be gone. We're going to just put him back. And they've had a lot of switch in, switch out, switch in, switch out, which is not the way to do it either. If you got roads of priority 1 through 10, 10 through 20, they should stay like that and finish those roads. But that's not exactly how it works. Correct. And I think you're referring to House, House Bill 2, which is our Chairman Bishop's mm -hmm. bill. Chairman Bishop's done a really good job trying to hold the line on, on House Bill 2 and how we prioritize roads and bridges and not on other pet projects. Um, certainly, I've had roads, the DOTD reached out to me recently and said, hey, look, can you take that road that's a priority one, it's ready to be funded, and move it to a priority five? Because we don't have the ability to do that this year. It's very frustrating. It's very Wow, frustrating. but in your district, for your people, you, you, I'm sure you told them no. <laughs> I mean, why would you tell them yes on something like that? No, so, I mean, the, the reality is if they don't have the, if DOTD does not have the ability to, to do those projects, they need to be moved back to P5 for the simple reason that it's taken up capacity. Okay. See, we only have X amount of dollars. Yeah, but when you put it to P5, what's the chances of that coming back up? Well, it's already bonded. So okay. what happens is if they're, they're, they're telling me we're going to do it in 2024 instead of 2023. We'll move it in 2024 and get the road done. But the, do, you, do you go back to your constituents and tell them, hey, guys, we, we got to do this? Cause we, uh, the problem is they're going to go, well, y'all got all that money. <laughs> I got all that money. Yeah, and when you look at all of the ask and trying to do what the responsible thing is with those dollars, I yeah. think that they would appreciate it. I know the constituents I speak to are very appreciative when they understand the efforts that we're trying to do. And it's look, it's it would change the direction of Louisiana like we've never seen before. So I'm really excited about it. 
Hopefully, y'all yeah, just hold tight. That's if it. you can have your 36 plus, hopefully, hold tight. Uh, I think we'll be a good team. Absolutely. Philip DeVillier, Representative Philip DeVillier. Appreciate it, Philip, as always. Facts, the Dan Bongino Show, here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, Brobridge, Lafayette, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Pays tribute. I'm Lisa Brady, Fox News. A somber ceremony underway at Arlington National Cemetery after President Biden laid a wreath at the tomb of the unknown soldier in honor of all who've given their lives for our country. Every year we remember, and every year it never gets easier. The president says the fallen died so our nation might live. And there are tributes around the country. America never surrenders. America is resilient just like this ship we stand next to. That resiliency must continue from generations to generations. New York City Mayor Eric Adams at the Intrepid Museum ceremony. There's a new clock ticking on Capitol Hill after the agreement between the president and the House Speaker for a deal to limit spending while raising the nation's borrowing limit. There is going to be a vote on this in the House on Wednesday or Thursday. If it goes down, they have to pass something by next Monday or else there is going to be a default. Fox's Peter Ducey at the White House. Millions of 
Americans have been on the move this holiday weekend, with AAA expecting an 11% jump in air travel over last Memorial Day. I definitely noticed a little bit more people, um, but, uh, you know, not too bad. I haven't heard any people fighting or anything yet, so I guess it's fine so far. He's at Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. So is Fox's Casey Stiegel. Now, while the crowds have been large, planes have been packed, and patience has no doubt been tested at times, thankfully the usual hustle and bustle is all we could report with no major incidents. Federal officials consider this weekend a test ahead of a busy summer travel season after big problems last December, blamed in part on labor shortages that persist. America is listening to Fox News. Simply Safe was named Best Home Security of 2023 by U.S. News and World Report. But we don't do what we do for the accolades. We do it to protect you and everything you love. Our advanced sensors, indoor and outdoor HD cameras, and hazard detectors are powered by live 24-7 professional monitoring. So you get emergency help fast. Get 20% off any new system with interactive monitoring at simplysafe.com radio. There's no safe like Simply Safe. The internet can be an all-you-can-eat buffet for identity thieves. Ugh, so full. Too many maiden names. And social security numbers. Where'd you find those? By the password bar. Can't miss them. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you could miss by monitoring your credit and bank statements. If your identity is stolen, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft, but everyone can save up to 25% off their first year with promo code NEWS. Go to lifelock.com. Russia's Interior Ministry issues an arrest warrant for Republican U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham, who says he considers it a badge of honor. Senator Graham has been a vocal supporter of Ukraine and critical of Russia's invasion. In a statement, the senator says he'll continue to stand with Ukraine until every Russian soldier leaves and says the anger from the Russian government, quote, brings me immense joy. And the Russians are dying. The anger from Russia comes after a meeting with Graham and Ukrainian leaders where the senator describes military aid to the country as, quote, the best money we've ever spent. A Kremlin spokesman says it's, quote, hard to imagine a greater shame for the country than having such senators. In Washington, Ryan Schmelz. Fox News. A deadly weekend in the water in New Jersey. Park officials say a 15-year-old boy died after six people were pulled out of the ocean at a Sandy Hook beach where no lifeguards were on duty. A major league pitcher is set to return to the mound after beating cancer. Chicago White Sox closer Liam Hendricks has been activated for tonight's game against the Los Angeles Angels. Hendricks missed the first two months of the season after being diagnosed with stage four non-Hodgkin lymphoma in the offseason. He completed his final round of chemotherapy in April, making the announcement on social media that he was cancer-free. He's been working his way back to the mound ever since. Hendricks has been lights out in his 12-year career in relief. He's a three-time All-Star and a two-time winner of the Mariano Rivera American League Reliever of the Year Award. Tony Genualdo, Fox News. Controversy for a luxury brand, Rolls-Royce, facing misconduct allegations in India, where a graft case has been filed accusing the company and BAE systems of fraud in deals for aircraft. Rolls-Royce says it's assisting the investigation and that the allegations stem from issues disclosed in 2017 when a fine was paid to UK investigators. Elisa Brady, this is Fox News.